0: This is Flyperbole, with Steve Jacot and Craig Forsythe. Two guys who are starting to get impatient with the question of, when is Gritty, finally... Going to declare his run for president of the United States. It has to happen any day now, right? Right. Well, Craig. Now it's official. Both you and I have separately assembly roomed. We have assembly rooming. I don't. I think I don't know if you can verbalize it, or or you can verbalize it, but you can't turn it into a verb. But we've both been to the assembly room were actual games and uh I, I think we had different experiences based on our discussions
1: uh, a little bit but i also went in with a bigger advantage because uh, i had wh- what do they call the, the the row seats the, i um, think it's revolution, revolution. Row. Yeah. yeah yeah so i had me and my uh, my buddy and i had those seats and it's still a little hectic but even uh i imagine standing room must have been a real must have been a real pitch
0: <laughs> yeah so we did standing room last night and it was the, the flyers capitals game, big uh, Wednesday night rivalry night for the flyers and capitals noted rivals. And we got up there about uh, 15 minutes before puck drop, which is a seven 30 start because it is rivalry night and it was jam packed. And part of that might've been that people anticipated a seven o'clock start and got there. For that, But I'm thinking if you're going and getting those assembly room tickets, get there early and camp out a spot because people camped out. And yeah. it wasn't like if you've ever done a Phillies game for a standing room. Uh, usually people will filter through those areas and, you you know, people come and go. And you can kind of find a, a few different spots to hang out and see the game from a, a few different vantage points. Not so much here. These Flyers fans... And this really speaks to the nature and dedication of Flyers fans. As we all know, very dedicated fan base are Philadelphia Hockey Flyers fans. Oh, yeah. Nobody moved. Nobody. <laughs> People found their spots. And, like, nobody moved. We we were lucky enough to to eventually find one. We found, like, the one guy who moved just before the game started. I mean, I'm assuming he had a seat somewhere else. But. Yeah. We got in there and it was like not until the third period, and even then it took a little bit into the third period that we get a little elbow space and whew. But I mean, it was a nice twenty-five dollar ticket, but make sure you get a vantage point or you're gonna be really pissed about spending twenty-five dollars to stand up there.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, see, and if that's you uh... the couch
0: to be real comfortable, but like uh I'm not paying good money to not see the live hockey game. And uh, I'm right. I think we all know anybody who's listening to the show knows how much better hockey is when you're seeing it live. And uh, the main advantage to seeing it up that high is you really see the play develop so well from when you're seeing it up high.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So when you actually see it, it's really nice from up there, but yeah, you know, like we were saying, I ran into the same thing where nobody the entire game. I was there and nobody actually moved from the spots around us. So it's a, uh, yeah, well you texted me last night it's a war of attrition up there and that's pretty much pretty much what it is. But you know, now that I like, just get there early, like you're saying. That's it. It seems to be the only the only issue with it. I I don't know if I can stay in one spot the whole time though. I feel like I would be uh gotta go to the bathroom, I gotta get beers. Like it's it's and then I I don't wanna watch the game on TV either. So well, I don't we, know how was...
0: we took shifts, so
1: oh, okay. would be,
0: I, I would go to the bathroom and M would hold down the spot. And then M would go to the bathroom. I'd hold down the spot. We, oh, we took okay. shifts. We, we figured it out. We found a way. But uh, we it did, take a, it did take a bit. I did have a, a little bit of an obstructive view for a little bit. But good game. And actually, I had an obstructive view for the first period. And it was a terrible
1: first period. Yeah, that was, a, yeah, the, first, that was the first period not to see everything. So that was yeah. good. <laughs> but, was
0: not missing much. What did the Flyers get outshot? 15 to 5, something like that?
1: Yeah, I think so. It's something pretty bad uh and, pretty uh, bad and but carter hart our beautiful baby boy uh kept our, him in it.
0: beautiful baby boy carter hart kept a minute carter hart after a few worries a couple weeks ago seems to be right back where we wanted him to be if not better he looked awesome last night he's had a great stretch recently it's awesome to see
1: yeah i i'm gonna put this out there i'm The Flyers are looking better as a team, and I think we can officially say that they're good. It's a matter of how good Uh, I think Carter Hart played a a bigger role than a lot of people kind of realized over this this stretch here. But the I mean, obviously not last night, last night he was incredible. I mean, last night,
0: he's the only reason they got a point in that game is because Carter Hart was just awesome. They had so many opportunities that should not have even happened. Where he just shut down the Capitals, and yeah. the fact that he kept Tom Wilson from scoring on the Flyers alone—noted dumpster fire <laughs> of a human being, Tom Wilson, literal trash human, Tom Wilson did not score on the Flyers made me very happy.
1: Yeah, apparently, trash can's having a pretty good year this year. Apparently, but we're trash not trash cans. That. Actually, I hate to say it, player. but
0: trash can has been pretty good the past couple of years. Like yeah, he's, he he put is, up, but, he's put up yeah. points and he's given them that trash can physicality that they, that they needed so badly i'm just thinking of i'm just thinking of frank reynolds and always sunny in the wrestling episode where he shows <laughs> up as the, the trash man and he he cuts crickets neck with the trash can.
1: <laughs> oh shit
0: it's That's a horrifying a, episode
1: yeah i was gonna say well the the long lasting image from that is the um they come out dressed as eagles that's the yes. uh, yeah, it's, uh, um I, I mean, Carter Art though, pretty fucking good. I Because last night, yeah, like you were saying, they stopped Tom Wilson. And then that the down in the third period, the Flyers were just trying to lose that game. They were just handing the Caps pucks at the Flyers' blue line and being like, do you guys want a mini-2-1 on real quick? And that right. was... There
0: was even that one moment where Sean Couturier, who had a spectacular game to that point, you know, was doing all the Sean Couturier stuff, just didn't cover Tom Wilson in the slot. And you're like, what are you doing?
1: <laughs> yeah, it was a lot of that. So they... Like they, that could have been a game they easily lost two to one late in over or uh, regulation after they hung with the Caps all game and then Bruins game same thing penalty shot in the last however many minutes took David Pasternak penalty last four minutes and then they end up winning a shootout. Canadians won. one was probably the one they didn't really need him, but still he, I mean, they wanted a shootout and then uh, the Hurricanes game they got dominated. The, the Hurricanes dominated them. And it was just hard pretty much keeping it even until they eventually got the lead. So he played, if they had any of the goalies from last year, or even if it was Brian Elliott this year, who has looked a lot better, I don't think they come away with these many points in these many games. They're not coming away with seven and eight.
0: You're telling me You're Mike McKenna, good. Alex Lyon. Oh my
1: God, Mike McKenna.
0: I'm I trying don't to know think of some of the other guys. Who were some of the other guys that Calvin played last Pickard. year? Uh, Calvin Pickard. How can I forget Pickard?
1: Alex Lyon got in there. I think Alex Lyon is the least remembered one, even though he's still with the team. But like he had two games in there. I think they were like, I think they were part of the Hackstall, uh, Fletcher like era. So they were really bad. I don't want to pay attention to the Flyers at all. Stage, yeah. <laughs> I think that's on Lyon. But man, Mike I can't McKenna, believe they
0: gave away Stolarz, man, just for no- for nothing. Anthony <laughs> Stolarz, future Hall of Famer, for nothing.
1: I mean, like, just think about it. He could be here now. It could be Stolarz and Elliott. Think about where they could be. Look at where this franchise gets. Like, yeah, I know Carter. Golarz the Golarz. <laughs> no, nah, I, I hope he's doing fine out there. I hope he's doing fine. I, I think he's in Anaheim now. Or he is. He was in Anaheim to start. I don't know if he's somewhere else now, but yeah.
0: Where is Anthony Stolarz? Here are stats for Anthony Stolarz
1: from the 2018-19 NHL season. Okay, so he hasn't played oh. yet in the NHL. Yeah, great. Did have that so one shutout last year. That was pretty cool, I guess. I don't know. It's it's nice to have a goalie though. It feels like they have a goalie, the Flyers, and it's it's nice. That's all. It, it, kind it of feels
0: was... good to have a goalie.
1: Mm. That that was the, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the they. I mean, this was he was saving games for him last year too. But it's a combination now of they usually dominate play, and then the times they're not, he's there to bail them out, which is. Something they obviously haven't had for the last couple of years. So I, I think with the way he's playing, it looks like he turned a corner after the the Islanders debacle or yeah. whatever that was. Um, it
0: definitely and, looks like that. And and two things: Anthony Stolarz is uh, currently playing for the San Diego Gulls, who yeah. is in the uh, the Ducks organization. Quack quack quack, Mister Ducksworth. And the one thing I wanted to mention with uh, with Hart, so. Fletcher recently did an interview with Pierre Lebrun uh, for The Athletic, and one of the topics that came up in that interview was Carter Hart and kind of just their expectations for a young goalie. And as we've seen, he's one of the youngest successful uh, so far goalies in Flyers history. But, you know, it's. It's a tough position to be in especially when you have expectations like that and it does seem like Chuck very much chucky 2 trades you know trademark right, flyer exactly. have to throw that in there not chucky trades thank you very much flyers but chucky 2 trades seems to very much understand based on this interview what the actual expectations for a guy like Carter Hart should be that he's a young kid he's going to have highs and lows and it's something that you're going to have to ride with and He's not going to be perfect all the time. He's not going to be a prime Henrik Lundqvist uh, right out
1: of the gate. Yeah, he's still going to – yeah, he's obviously going to have his bumps and bruises, and I – that's why I – I mean, we didn't react at all to the Islanders game or the the couple games before that because he's 21, and this is the first year he's a starter. Like, shit's going to happen. <laughs> and it
0: Maybe, looks like, Carter right? Hart, isn't that good. Here's 21 reasons on both BuzzFeed Sports. <laughs> oh man
1: is there a flyers buzzfeed
0: i, I have hope. no idea i know nothing yeah. about those
1: lists. That, that seems to be the big thing i do that see That seems to be
0: the big thing the i don't read
1: yeah. i do
0: crack up like em and i were looking through uh amazon prime video the other day and one of them was like buzzfeed investigations and like, what <laughs> what's that <laughs> 21 reasons that the Kennedy assassination might not have been a solo job.
1: (laughs) I do really enjoy some of the lists because I always feel like they don't need as many reasons. There was like 22 reasons why you should open the windows during the summer. I'm like, I don't do we need 22 of those? I feel like we need one, three, maybe
0: one reason. It feels good. But what about 47 reasons to never open the windows? (laughs) Terrific allergies. Pollen noise cigarette smoke
1: 17 reasons to sleep in a hoodie just the worst fucking ideas or suggestions ever (laughs) that's what I feel like I always get on BuzzFeed by the way
0: 89 reasons the Cleveland Browns are still going to make the playoffs
1: I can't yeah let's talk about that I didn't realize how big this game was between a 5 and 4 and 3 and 6 team I uh yeah they're not can either of them make the playoffs
0: I believe the five and four team can, but uh, the three and six team likely not.
1: Yeah.
0: But yeah, oh, that's, that involves math. And we all know, I don't
1: know math. Yeah, we're not doing math. I math. Mean, this show has never mentioned numbers in any way. So we're just going to get away from that.
0: No way. Nerds. <laughs> going back to this, this Chucky two trades interview real quick though. I, I think the one other interesting thing to really note is, uh, he was asked about the, the veteran defense that he brought in and kind of the effect that's had. And, I was skeptical about some of those moves, specifically the Niskanen move, the Niskanen for Gudis trade, and along with taking some of the Gudis cap hit, which I'm still not a fan of. But I was skeptical, specifically because I, Niskanen hadn't been that good recently, and Gutis was pretty good for the Flyers. So it was like, why are you doing this? But it's—I don't—I think Niskanen's looked really good so far, and, and Gudis looked good for the Capitals last night, but. I i have been very impressed with Niskanen, and he looks like he's uh, helped Ivan Provorov really stabilize.
1: I I will say I too I, I think we stayed enough on here that I I don't think either of us were too pumped about the Niskanen or the Braun trades, but yeah, Niskanen's been killing it. Honestly, I I really don't have too many problems with Niskanen. Uh, his I think his play driving numbers are a little below 500. So when he's out there, the other teams getting uh, a couple more shot attempts, and they might be spending the time. In the fire zone a little bit more but he seems pretty calm with the puck he doesn't really make makes less 10 hours than other defensemen it feels like on the flyers whenever he's near the puck in the defensive zone i feel like it's getting broken up one way or another and he yeah it was just, it's just nice to have an actual defenseman that can make you can rely on in the d zone to make poke checks and intercept the puck and get the puck out of the zone pretty easily like it feels like That was what the defense needed, and I think Niskanen's answering the bell. Uh, I think the one thing that I told you before the show, or like I was talking to somebody else about it too, was um, I'm fine with the Niskanen acquisition. I wouldn't have minded them like now I am. I kind of wish there was a way they had kept Gudis and given something else to DC, because I think I'd rather have Niskanen and Gudis than Niskanen and Braun. But,
0: oh, absolutely! Yeah, it's still early on. What I've really seen from from Braun so far is that I, I think on his his best night, he's he's good, but he's never great. He, I think Niskanen's got a nice high upside, especially him and Provorov. They have the potential to be a, a pretty reliable shutdown pair. Uh, I, you, what I really would like from Braun is to help him with. Kind of help Ghost concentrate on the offensive facets of the game and really get going so he can be the reliable defenseman. And I think that's the defensive pairing that's really not working out that great so far because Ghost hasn't been very good. And again, Braun on his best night, he's kind of just fine. Whereas I I think Ghost we know can be spectacular, but he has not been to this point. Like, yeah, the shimmy last night, a little bit of a shimmy, but he didn't he didn't finish on that play and he hasn't been finishing at all. And it, it sucks. And I really have liked Niskan and Proveroff a lot. And I've liked Sanheim and Myers, especially the last few games. I thought Phil Myers was great last night oh, yeah. against Alex Ovechkin. I, he's been a fantastic addition since coming up to the, the big club.
1: Yeah. I've, I love Phil Myers game. And I think a lot of people have loved, you know, been a pretty big fan of Phil Myers for a while now. And we're kind of surprised he didn't make it out of camp and everything, but there's really – I think the only thing right now is maybe he's a little too aggressive, but still, even then, it hasn't come back and hurt him yet. He just doesn't <laughs> – I feel like when I'm watching him play, he just doesn't give a shit, and he's just ginormous, and he skates really well. And Charlie made the point last week or two weeks ago that when you say Phil Meyer skates well, you don't need to add the qualifier for his size. He just he skates well. He's just a gigantic animal and skates out there. Yeah, just I love that. I- yeah. Yeah, I love yeah.
0: that. And it's it's so true that you don't need that qualifier. He just skates well. He's a great skater. And I think he's just a really solid player already who has such a high upside for being a really special player on this blue line for the Flyers.
1: Yeah. His his instincts on both sides of the puck are what I like so far, it, like because he is aggressive and he tends to make the right play. Thinking it out. He never really is in the wrong place because he makes a mental error. It seems like, or if he is, he's just quick enough to get back over there. There's really there's not much to hate with the Sandheim uh, Myers pairing so far, in my opinion. And there's really and, not and
0: seeing him stick with these experienced NHL players, yeah. uh, keep up with them, skate with them. And again, a guy like Ovechkin can, can make you look very foolish. I mean, how many times have we seen this defense get burnt by Alex Ovechkin over the past few years? Yes. And to, to really see them step it up. And watch a guy like Meyer stick with him was, it was awesome.
1: I think speaking to him, that yeah, I'm sorry. Just speaking to him, uh, like not giving a shit about anything. I think he was talking shit that Austin Matthews on Saturday, like after a whistle. And then like, I saw him mixing up with Tom Wilson last night too. I love that. Like So I imagine he wouldn't, yeah, he apparently just isn't phased by anybody who's going up against the NHL. So it's, uh, he looks great. (laughs) I'm hoping, um, I, I kind of wouldn't be against Sanheim and Myers being the top pair down the road because I think they might have more upside than Provrov niskanen Or I shouldn't say it. Provrov niskanen feels more like it could be the shutdown pair. Sanheim and Myers feels like they could maybe shut down an opponent and, and also provide more offensive upside.
0: Well, I feel like Sanheim and Myers is your your kind of future top pairing, whereas Provrov niskanen is your today top pairing.
1: That, that, yeah, that's fair. That's a good way to put it.
0: Even, Uh, like, next year, it could still be Niskanen and Provorov, but Niskanen's a little older, so you're you're probably not going to be seeing him as long. I'm not sure. I mean, maybe even Myers ends up playing with Provorov, ultimately. But, again, we're talking about way down the line. We're not talking about today or this season. Right now, I really think they have two really solid defensive pairs and one that could be solid but needs a little more work and, and I think really just needs a confident Shane Goss to spare.
1: I honestly, that's what it is, because I think the the third pair obviously isn't as balanced as the top two in terms of the offense and defense. But uh, Ghost has a lot of offensive upside and we know that and we've seen what he can do when he's on top of his game. And like you're just saying about Braun before when he's I think part of the reason why you feel like or somebody would feel like Braun doesn't have a great game is because he doesn't. He can make all the defensive plays in the world most nights, but he doesn't contribute anything offensively. So his best night is probably going to be, he just boxes out a bunch of dudes and gets the puck back for the Flyers, which he hasn't consistently done every single game. And I, his speed still gets him caught in a lot of bad positions. His lack of speed, I should say, gets him caught in a lot of bad positions. So right now, the pair is just a mess all around because we know... Man, I love Shane, but This has not been his year so far, and we know the shortcomings of his defensive game, and he's improved in some areas, like stepping up. He he is... I feel like he's a pretty decent defender in the neutral zone, and I know that sounds like an obnoxious thing to say, but he's pretty good at anticipating passes through the neutral zone at the Flyers' Flyers blue line and the opposition's blue line to step up and break up transition plays out of the other team's zone. Uh, In the D zone, though, he's... I feel like he's a mess. Uh, it, he is often just kind of confused as to where the puck is. He's often like getting in the way. He's not really, his lack of physicality hurts him at times, but it usually does not matter because he's going to provide a lot offensively, but there's just been nothing, just nothing like nowhere near what the normal ghost that we see out there this season. And it was nice. It's how we got to this point in the season where you and I both talked about that one move you had last night. Like that's the thing we're happy to see, but it shouldn't be the first sign of like progress to ghost being normal. That should have just been a regular game last night. Like it that should have right. been that two or three times last night, we're like, Oh yeah, I did it a couple times last night, but like, this was the first time this season and everybody's like, Oh, there it is. It's come back. And oh, yeah. I,
0: I saw that. one nice shimmy and I saw one nice defensive stop yeah. in the defensive zone. And, and that was pretty much it. And, and that was still, like, very encouraging compared to some of the other stuff we've seen. He hasn't yeah. been Sanheim falling down in a, a tribute to Andrew McDonald, but <laughs> he has not looked good. He hasn't looked like the same old ghost. And, yes. you know, you've, you've seen some comments about the, the trade ghost thing again and again. No, I, I, I reiterate, I reiterate, why in God's name would you trade him at his lowest value? It makes zero sense. And the other thing is, I know they've been working with Vigneault and Terry in and yo for a little bit now, but I think you have to give them more time to try and crack this egg, really figure out what the deal is with this player and how best to utilize him. Because I I think there's a couple guys that they're still figuring out. I think uh, Jake Voracek, JVR, and Shane Gostisper are really your your big, glaring guys who haven't been figured out yet.
1: Absolutely. Those are, I think, the big three that people would want to talk about in terms of what's going on with them. Or, like, if and, they should start looking at the trading them or anything.
0: Right, right. Well, Which, and and Jake, Jake finally had a, a nice sign yeah. last night. Probably, his, his assist on Claude Giroux's goal was, yeah, oh, that was, was a beautiful chef's kiss of, a, of an assist. That was a full trip to Flavortown. It was awesome.
1: Yeah. I know I've used awesome a bunch, but... <laughs>
0: For but for Phil Myers know, and that Jake Voracek assist, it is uh, 100% accurate.
1: Yeah, it's applicable. I, I think you should, uh, you need on the next Flyers forecast, you need to pick the, you need to pick two Flyers of the week, and I don't pick any. Because your guys have been on fire each week you pick. Because you picked Voracek this week, didn't you?
0: I picked Voracek this week, any. and I picked Farabee the week before.
1: Yeah, and he pantsed, uh, and this week Voracek pants Gudis in the defensive zone and got the game-tying goal in a 1-1 game. So it's pretty, pretty good. Not too bad. Pretty pretty good. I think, like, Ghost, though, I... To me, I'm not at the point... I see all those people that want to trade him, too. And they're the same people that wanted to trade him last year. And I think... I still think it was dumb at the time to really want to trade him last year. This year, with the way it's going and all the situations... And it feels like this would be the time to ask, should we trade Ghost if you're a person that wants to support trading Ghost? But even now, I'm not really into it. Uh, Because, like you were saying... This is 18 games under AV and the ask crew and it's 18 games. He's still probably trying to figure things out. And the top 4 is already set for right now. And I think ideally with the Ghost skill set, I feel like we want him on the third pair. So right now, I feel like he is where he would ultimately need to end up being to get the most out of Ghost without his defense hurting the fires. Um and we just haven't seen it. So I think all that can happen now is just more from Ghost rather than he somehow gets worse. I don't think he can get any worse than right now or what we've seen earlier in the season from him. But if it does, maybe we open up that conversation again. But I just, I think all that's going to happen now is over the next string of games, he hopefully gets his confidence back and he starts piecing it together a little bit more. But
0: And I'll be honest, I'll take a shitty ghost over Robert Haig any day of the week.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Like any Robert Haig. I I don't think even at his most effective he's as good as a mediocre to shitty ghost because he just does not do anything that special. As we've noted many times on this program, Robert Haig's hits, while he might have a lot of them, are not significant to the game in any way, shape, or form.
1: Yeah, he's like the Jay Gow's band, like we said that one time. Lots of hits. Nothing great. <laughs> Just... <laughs> <laughs> what the, a comparison. There is some shitty band we found. What
0: cultural... What, is he the avatar of of hockey? <laughs> well, he was a huge hit at the time, but what cultural impact does he had?
1: <laughs> God, that really yeah, nothing came wasn't that the most money spent to make a movie was Avatar at one time?
0: I think I think at the time it definitely was.
1: And um, like it was um, like
0: it held the record until Avengers Endgame this year for oh, okay. profit. But, like, it's it just like, again, was, who thinks about Avatar? Except for... <laughs> it's <is> true, actually. <laughs> it, the, the only time I hear about it is when people say, either James Cameron's making 45 sequels to it at once, or they're asking, does anybody remember this movie? <laughs> but essentially, Robert Haig. He had a lot of hits. Anybody yeah. remember him?
1: I think with, with Hag too, it's just, I, I think the people that don't like Ghost are really just focused on the defensive side of the game. I mean, that's what got to be what it is. And he obviously lacks on that side of the game in a lot of areas, but it's just, we all saw how good he was when he was clicking. Why You give that guy less defensive responsibility and you give him more starts in the Ozone, and he pieces it together. I, there's no reason I wouldn't want Ghost to my team, putting up 55 points with little defensive liability while he's out there on the ice. I don't know. That seems like a good move for me. Like that sounds like something you'd want on your team. But I don't know what. I don't know what's some, some people just really don't like Ghost, which is I don't know. I'm a big fan. I mean,
0: Still, hey, that's
1: we're both that's, big fans.
0: That's your opinion. That's your yeah. opinion. If you don't like Ghost, cool. But I don't think this is the time to trade him at all. And I know we'd be complaining if they traded him while he was doing really well. But again, you're maximizing the value at that point. I hated the Carter and Richards trades, absolutely hated them. But they got the best value for those guys they possibly could have. So, you know, I hated the trades at the time, but at least they got maximum value for him.
1: Yeah. Actually, you know what? There could be, like, in theory, if the top four ends up playing pretty well, and Myers becomes something bigger than I think we're even thinking is going to be now. Uh, Like maybe down the road there would, it would make sense to trade him, but I just don't think it's, I just don't think it's there yet. Like I, I I, I don't, I just don't want to give up on him yet is my opinion. Um,
0: No, I agree with that. And we've discussed this before. The other factor here is the cap hit. It's really not that bad, especially for a guy with the upside he has. And it's it's not worth the whatever kind of trade you're looking yeah, at unless you get a really nice deal. Like, again, yeah, for the right deal, yeah, anybody's tradable. Absolutely trade Ghost if you get the right deal. But listen, leave our little amazing defensive, uh, offensive whiz with his adorable French Bulldogs that if you put together make a small human in a trench coat. And that's that.
1: <laughs> yeah, maybe that's what the – maybe he's just – He's just got to... I don't know. Maybe he's just too focused on the French Bulldogs.
0: Well, oh, that's not a true French
1: thing. Yeah, that's so not a thing yeah.
0: We just have to give them to somebody who can maintain that focus while keeping up a, a great they level don't. of hockey. Claude Giroux can take on extra dogs. He'll have... He'll then have five <laughs> so adorable <French> dogs.
1: <laughs> oh, wait. How many does... Uh, I was going to say we... Uh, we I believe about...
0: Claude Giroux has two dogs, so... Uh, Claude Drew will then have five adorable dogs and, uh, a captaincy, which is a lot of responsibility, but I think Claude can take it despite what the haters may say. I don't know.
1: I don't know. It's Claude. Who knows?
0: I, I, by the way, I read something the other day, uh, essentially that was the, the inverse of the old, uh, take the, take the C away from G kind of thing.
1: Give him two letters? (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah, give them two letters. That's what it of the
1: was. captain or the alternate captain.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. no, no. I was, it was something the Flyers shared, I think, on on Instagram. And I, I got a chuckle out of that. Let me see if I can find it. Oh, it was Savagery with the G capitalized.
1: Oh, I did see that, too, actually. Yeah, yeah.
0: So that's kind of the inverse of the uh, underscore.
1: Uh, yeah, uh, is, <laughs> I will say. And I, I, I don't want to deviate too far off track here, even though this is flat purple. Can we talk about Claude Drew just slapping pucks on on breakaways or shootout attempts? I'm
0: oh, hell yeah. I I'm think we he talked about that, but like, let's keep talking about it.
1: No, let's talk about it. His, the like the slap shot on Saturday was just, he's a new dad, and you could tell that was just a dad that just wanted to get shit done. It was a breakaway. He didn't want to do anything fancy. Nothing, no highfalutin dangling moves, nothing. like It just taking a fucking slap shot, just walking in. It's like, I got to score this goal real quick. Just does it and rips it.
0: Hey, uh, (laughs) I'll be right back.
1: It's like, I can picture it's a very dad thing. Like, he's assembling a desk and he forgot a piece. And then you're like, oh, you forgot it. It's like, no, this desk isn't going to have that piece. We're done. Like, this is it. I don't have time for this. I got to get this shit done. That's how I feel like each time he's taking a penalty shot now or a shootout attempt is he's just like, I'm winging it. The one he had last night was pretty nice, too, actually.
0: Oh, yeah. It was real nice. I mean, it's a shame they didn't. They didn't win, but again, I'll take the point after they played one of the worst first periods they played all year. (laughs) uh, The real tragedy in that shootout was that Jake Voracek did not bury his attempt because he made an amazing move, had the net wide open and completely missed it.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. But I mean, we're still yeah. It's good that he like actually showed life last night, though so I'll take that, but yeah, it's a shame you missed that one attempt. Also, I want to, uh, Kelly yelled at me for not saying that the Drew shot was a Roof Daddy shot. I did not notice that. I thought it went underneath the bar. I didn't think You
0: missed a Roof Daddy. God I damn know. it, Greg. God damn I gotta,
1: it. I got to do better here. I know. But yeah. uh, I got it now. <laughs> <laughs> got it now.
0: Time's yours. Uh,
1: and uh, that that's it. What, uh...
0: What are we talking about? Where are we at? Well, okay, so I got—I I actually looked one more time at this LeBron.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. Two
0: Trades interview, and the one other thing I wanted to mention, the last thing he—he he, uh, that LeBron brought up to Chuckie Two Trades was the the coaching staff, how he brought together oh, three okay. head coaches under one roof, and how that's been working out. And you know, Chuck's like, hey, it's working out pretty good so far. They're communicating and all that fun stuff. And <laughs> so my fear as is well-documented on this show at this point <laughs> in the name Big Al and the ass crew is that it'd be too much ass, too much asshole out of these assistant coaches. And so far so good. I, I think Michelle terrien and Mike Yo have done a, a bang up job. The special teams have uh, been pretty good. I don't know if the power plays quite where we want it to be yet, but the penalty uh, kill man, the penalty is kill. Yeah. so much better. And if you want to point to one of the key differences between last year's Flyers and this year's Flyers, it's that penalty kill. It yeah. was unbearably bad last year. It was one of the worst penalty kills I have ever seen in my lifetime as a Flyers fan. It was abysmal. And, and as a hockey fan at all, it was one of the worst I've seen. It was just horrible. And this
1: year, pretty good. Yeah, it's it's real weird going from last year where every single game you had to assume you're gonna the Flyers are gonna be down one nothing because of the penalty kill. And this year, where they're not only killing most penalties, they're also getting scoring chances and like taking it down ice. Which one was last time Baruby? I feel like when Craig Baruby was coached, Sean Couture and Matt Ree getting shorthanded chances were like the last time the Flyers routinely got chances five on four.
0: Yeah. Or at and, least uh, thought about thinking it the other way. Our boy Lindon, <laughs> Asky the atomic Boy Oscar Windows the Swedish stank.
1: Swedish tank. There you go. It was all Big up o. in that
0: piece yeah. last night.
1: Oh yeah, no, he definitely was.
0: <laughs> I, by the way, am a lunatic at the stadium. Just you, you know, I see Limblong getting a chance, short-handed. I'm going, goes Kowalski, boy.
1: <laughs> that line. It doesn't matter what the situation is. That line of Limblong, and and me is unreal right that now. Is, I <laughs> even last night. The I mean the Caps. The just played really well. I don't even know if that was really the fire. The they have, they just, uh, yeah, they just, They, they just tough, suffocated.
0: They have such a deep lineup. It is such a tough offense. Like, I was thinking during the shootout, just like, okay, you've got TJ Oshie, who's pretty much the best shootout shooter of all time, right, for T-USA. Yeah. And uh, you're following up with, what was it, Kuznetsov, who's yeah. friggin' just got silky mitts. He's, oh, he's good. Uh, you've got Ovechkin still,
1: like, so much talent. <laughs> There's a lot of guys there.
0: Backstrom, yeah, there's so much talent. Yeah. And the fact that throughout that game, they only held that team to one goal. I mean, a yeah. lot of that, again, was Carter Hart, but uh, you've got that Katori line out there playing just so well and minimizing chances, always pushing the puck the right way. It, and look, I know that there's arguments about Haxtell's use of Lindblom and everything, but I really feel like Lindblom has taken a step forward this year. I feel like Limblom is playing the best hockey of his career. He's always noticeably doing the right thing. His shots are going in. I think he's tied for the team lead in goals right now.
1: I don't know. I think he's up there, yeah. I, I they think,
0: showed yeah. a little stat on the, the board. I think him and oh, TK are is... tied at eight
1: goals apiece. Oh, okay, yeah, then he is, yeah. I thought he had seven, so yeah. Eight is, yeah, him and TK.
0: Again, I want I... to talk about something I saw on a jumbotron during a uh, standing... <laughs>
1: Yeah, I, I, I was going to say they showed something last night. He has the most goals yeah. for it's, rookies since uh, January like, 9th of last it's year.
0: 8 for Konechny, 8 for Lindblom, 5 for Couturier.
1: Okay. Katori's third with five? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that line, it really... Listen, I, and
0: Craig, you don't get a scarf night by not scoring goals. By
1: not scoring, yeah. That's why he had to get it now and not early in his career. But that line, the, the caps were, They just they just took away everything. Except for it felt like when that line was on the ice, like they, the Flyers were just struggling to get past the red line, and they had a lot of one and dones in the zone. And uh, but still, the uh, Katoria, Knechley, Lindblom line went pretty nuts, and still got a fair amount of chances. Uh, we're gonna
0: have to come up with a proper name for this line at some point. I, I don't I, know what it is, but we got to come uh, up with one.
1: I've seen the one. Rated PG rated PG thirteen rated even yeah. Listen, PG thirteen
0: is good enough to uh for any any major film studio these days. It's good enough for hyperbole.
1: An R rated podcast, definitely an R rated podcast. Yeah.
0: Only occasionally. Only occasionally when we'll just drop the occasional like this fucking team.
1: Oh, I drop a lot of. I I don't know if my use of the you are not but are not a professional podcaster
0: and we all know it. But that's why we uh, love you, Greg. That's why I'm not know. a
1: professional podcaster, but I'm a professional voice blogger. Don't you forget that. There's a difference.
0: This <laughs> is true. You're There's the number difference. one voice blogger. <laughs> Thank
1: you. The worst fucking far art. Not. <laughs> far enough. Wait, where do you want to you so, talk about the games now? Or yeah, yeah, we on? can talk
0: about the games. But essentially, the nice thing is the ass crew has not been too much asshole for this team thus far. Oh, yeah, it's yeah, great yeah. to see. Uh, penalty kill's been great. Uh, power play, pretty good. So, yeah, hopefully they, they keep up the good work and don't just alienate these young guys into uh, yeah. just withering.
1: I would think the one, like where that would really be hurting them would have been now, I guess, just because of the not being used to... Well, actually, I was going to talk about it with uh, 31 Thoughts real quick. But uh, in 31 Thoughts, Voracek talked about... Elliot uh, Freeman, 31 Thoughts, 24th Thought, is Voracek said Philadelphia... Philadelphia's camp was the hardest of his pro career. Why? "Quote a lot of skating," he answered. Hard with pace, uh, and then end quote and taking the and talking to various flyers, it was foreshadowing for how they were going to play and a major factor in their 10-5 and 2 start. "Quote we are much more aggressive," uh, Ivan Provov said. "We aren't waiting for the play to come to us." So, like if there was a time for the ass crew to come down too hard on the new or the young players, it would have been now while they're trying to transition into. The system with harder practices and getting yelled at during this practices, I guess, would have been the time. And uh, it seems like, it seems like most of the teams responded. Uh, besides, maybe, well, I mean, they've all seemed like they responded, right? I, there's not really a uh, JV Voracek and Ghost are just um, not quite sure. I, what the I,
0: would, I would, would say end. Voracek, Ghost, and JVR are guys who yeah, haven't right. quite clicked with it yet, but I wouldn't say they haven't necessarily responded. It yeah. may not just be the the most beneficial. Uh, system for their skill sets thus far. But again, we are, it's early. We're hoping that the coaching staff can, I, I said crack that egg, but I guess crack that nut is more appropriate. And Maybe. Oh, I didn't even mean it like that. I oh. <laughs> I, I, I believe it uh, refers to walnuts, which are notoriously hard to crack, which you need oh, a okay. uh, a large nutcracker in order to do. But uh, let me take off my nerd glasses and instead put on my cool guy backwards red hat and say, Yo, on. let's get some hits, boys. Why don't you hit anymore? Can you still do that in the league? I heard a couple of those last night.
1: Oh yeah, I will say yeah, if I'm you get sure the a similar
0: like, oh, you could still do that in the league. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
1: Yeah, if you get a selling room ticket, you guys know the deal. You'll hear a lot of those comments, like a routine body check. It's like, oh, back in the 90s, that guy would have been put through the boards. It's like, no, no, we wouldn't know if it wouldn't have been. That but... man's <laughs> good.
0: Oh, and of course, the shoot crowd is big up there.
1: Yeah. which actually, I want to talk about the shoot crowd real quick. I'll come back to his third one thoughts. The one thing uh, in the win over the canadians for had had five shots on goal it was his 112th game of his career with five shots on goal he's played 864 does that sound about right like do you think he would have less games with five shots on goal if he was the guy labeled as the shoot guy like the guy that okay, everybody was
0: let's recap this whole thing again i just need to digest this
1: okay <laughs> so he's got he had five shots on goal against the canadians
0: five shots on goal
1: he has 864 career games. Okay. It was the 112th game of his career where he had five shots on goal or more, and he is the guy that everybody points to as like the shoot guy. I feel oh, yeah. like if you're the shoot guy, you should be having, you shouldn't be having five shot games once out of every like seven times in your career, out of every seven games in your career. I feel like it's just kind of funny that he is like, when you talk about the shoot crowd, I think most people think of Voracek. I may be wrong there, but I think he is the one. No, or sort of Drew, of the guy right? that you think about yeah
0: some people would also say Giroud, but i feel like he's really shot a lot more in recent years i think okay. uh, a couple of years ago you definitely had that argument to a degree but i would not say he is shy about taking shots anymore
1: i wanted him to take There was only one last night and of course i forget when it was but i think he was on a a two-on-one with jvr and jvr was pretty cover pretty well covered on the other side of the slot and he tried to force it over and when he was like at the, he was at the right face off dot, and it was just one of those like, man, just fucking shoot, like just put it on that, <laughs> <laughs> like you, you're not gonna get through. What are you doing? Yeah, what the hell? Uh, other thoughts. Well, yeah, other thought. Twenty uh, five, twenty fifth. Uh, Proveroff credit that uh, that for his improved play. I've written about that before. The belief is his contract affected him last season, but he disputed that during the interesting. Interesting soliloquy, while the Flyers were in town, quote, that was not a problem for me. I always knew I was going to be playing in the NHL this season. More difficult was coming from Russia to play in the USHL or going to the WHL, Brandon. Uh, At those times, I didn't know my future. I'm just more comfortable with the way we are playing. So I guess he just didn't feel comfortable playing in the system last year. I, don't know. I, I mean, I right. could
0: I could definitely buy that with yeah. Dave Haxtall, but I don't know. I feel like him and Konechny both look more comfortable having their contract situation settled. Yeah, and that, yeah. like The way Konechny has started this season, you cannot say enough about how good he started, how consistently good he looks right now, and what a spark he brings to this team. I know we've talked about the spark in uh, more limited bursts in the past couple of years, but he just is consistently bringing it Every night, and this dude has nineteen points for a reason he is everywhere he is the best offensive player on this team right now and it's 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 close because there's Katori and Giroux who are also playing well, but I mean connectney's just he's been amazing
1: i mean like points wise but I think if you had to look at if you you know, like Going based off the vibes of the game, it feels like it connecting is the one leading the charge. And I think even I think Bill threw it out there. I may have missed it, but I think they led into the game last night with Travis Connecting and the Flyers against the Caps, which is a little interesting because you know, how many years has it been Claude Drew and the Flyers?
0: Oh, so it's been a long a, time yeah. at this point, I think, since yeah. Yarmir Yager came into this team. Came yeah, yeah, of this probably,
1: yeah actually. And
0: yeah. when they made those Richards and Carter trades, it was essentially let's make this Claude Drew's team. This is his team. And it's been his team ever since. So this is the, I think this is the first time you are seeing a uh, players mentioned that aren't Claude Giroux because Sean Couturier now is a huge factor, too. And yeah. I, I think you see that recognized across the fan base very often now. But I don't know if you see Couturier recognized as nationally as he should be yeah. because he is just so freaking good. I, I can't stress this enough. Like when you go see a game live, it's hard to not notice Couturier constantly because he's just that good. But Konechny yeah. is, he's the energy guy now. He is, and when you're a fan base like the Philadelphia Flyers, that's the guy you want out there. That's the guy, like, because he gets in people's faces. He gets into the corners and scraps around. Like, he is just everything.
1: I will say, and you're right about all this, but I will say, we were talking about contracts earlier. We didn't complain at all about Konechny getting paid or anything about, we were worried about what Konechny's deal was. It was more, uh,
0: Travis Keneckney had one of the most fair, like balanced contracts oh, yeah. that like I think universally, that. I think only one or two weirdos griped about that deal. And like yeah. we're talking maybe one or two. Normally, like a ton of people came out and were like, I don't like it. And then some people said, they'll grow into it, like a kid who yeah, got yeah. an XL jersey or something. <laughs> they'll <But, laughs> grow into it. Don't worry about it. But essentially, usually with these deals, like people complained about Claude Giroux's deal for the longest time, and now it looks pretty, pretty nice. But with Konechny's deal, everybody came out and was like, no, that's good.
1: Yeah. It really like nobody was, was like,
0: that's terrible. Like, no, that's, I like it.
1: Well, the good, the good thing is, is hopefully in two years, it looks like an even bigger deal.
0: Oh, I'm hoping the it biggest biggest looks like, the, I'm hoping it looks like the Katoria deal in two years. Yeah.
1: So, but actually, if we want to, if while we're on the subject, uh, speaking of contracts, where did I put it in here? Uh, we got to worry about Oscar Wimblom's next contract now, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which is a good situation to be in. And I don't think it's gonna—I don't think it's gonna kill him. I haven't put a lot—I of, I haven't looked into the uh, comparables yet and everything. But you know, his ELC does end this year; he'll be an RFA, and um, then uh, they're gonna have to re-sign him. But it's a good problem to have that you got to worry about paying. Good young players like I'm fine with this uh, I'm fine giving Limblon whatever money he wants I'm fine giving Connecting whatever money he wants uh, Right it's for... just
0: balancing The cap at this point which yeah, is yeah. you know Which
1: will we'll get
0: of... right. It's going to be interesting because uh, That was one of the primary Things that Hextall did so well And he was very cognizant Of the fact that he, you're going to have To pay these young players at a certain point And that time is coming And it's how do you balance That and without Losing too much of this talent that you've really uh, helped develop over the years. Now, I'm not saying, again, w- we certainly know that Hextal's approach had its flaws uh, that kind of got this team stuck in a, a bit of a, not a bit of a rut thing, it got them stuck in a rut.
1: Yeah, a rut. yeah. <laughs> I
0: think we can, even the most <laughs> ardent of Hextal supporters can acknowledge that at this point. But at the same time, like having that cap space, having that flexibility, was really important and it is important. So hopefully that's the challenge for Chuck Fletcher is being able to retain these guys while staying competitive and not trading away too much talent. Uh, I do feel like they're going to have to trade away uh, a fairly big size gun over the next couple of years, say a JVR or a Voracek, probably not a Drew, but I,
1: um, well, to, I don't think you trade Drew I hope they're not ever thinking about trading Drew or I'm at least not sure
0: not. you. I like if that guy doesn't if that guy's not a flyer for life I will be horrifically disappointed
1: I, I mean we weren't saying about that about Mike Richards before 2011
0: but you know if you didn't get Wayne Simmons in that deal I'd probably feel that way oh still. god <laughs> yeah, that's <is> true uh <laughs>
1: I, I didn't say that.
0: Why would I say that, Steph? Why would I say that? Don't fire me, please. I need this.
1: Uh, but <laughs> we both need this. I so don't fire him.
0: We need this.
1: <laughs> whole, we're, we're joking about that. Uh, joking but yeah, that. I, looking, at at the the name, <laughs>
0: looking at the big name. Looking at
1: the big name forwards. Uh, yeah, Drew should be here. Hopefully he's a flyer his whole career. I don't think they can trade Voracek. Like, I don't think they have so many years left on his contract. It's such a big cap hit. And if we're all seeing what the rest of the league is saying, I don't know who's going to take that cap or that contract with where it is at this point in time. The Flyers aren't going to get any, they're not going to get a roster player. If you really don't like Vorchak or you don't want him here, or you're worried about his contract. I think they had to, I think they had to bite the bullet and trade him for a lot of prospects and draft picks. Like if you really are just concerned about the cap hit, you can do that and get however much back but the question is is i really don't know who would be willing to take a chance on for check at that cap hit yeah I mean, and
0: really he signed until the year 2024 which seems yeah, so distant and in the future and
1: you can't just yeah, but... bury it in like ottawa right now because in theory in theory for ottawa they would at least be working towards a rebuild in five years from now you know so like there, I don't think there's any team right now that's going to be like, oh, yeah, we're going to be fucked in a horrible cap situation. Anyway, let's take Voracek. And there's really... I mean, he. I think he's looked a little bit worse over the last two years. Or not worse, but like you could tell he's starting to lose his stuff. He doesn't
0: in. have the same speed.
1: Yeah, which is which was the major appeal of Vortex.
0: Oh, we're getting blocked. We're getting blocked big time for this. No, episode. he's
1: absolutely already blocked us. <laughs> he's gonna he's gonna create accounts for us and then block those as well. That's what he's gonna start doing. <laughs> he's already through blocking everybody. He's just gonna make accounts. And be like, what's that guy's name? All right.
0: So blocks on blocks on blocks.
1: Blocks. On, yeah, that's a, he did a cover of that rack on rack on rack song that I don't remember. Or that nobody else is gonna get that reference. But, uh, I <laughs> but I think that leaves JVR. I think JVR is the only one that can really realistically be moved and it kind of makes sense because he always or it doesn't make sense but it seems like right now with the patrick and lawton injuries uh there always seems to be a a forward that just isn't quite fitting in the top six i think everybody else i mean like we were just talking about limblom katori and not fucking trading any one of those guys they shouldn't uh drew should be staying here hayes you know, hasn't been putting up points recently, but he's a pretty big part of what's going on here with the penalty kill and playing on the third line with Raffle and whoever else you want to throw in there. Um, so I, I think it. I think it's just JVR. Also, JVR was uh, was Hextall's guy. He was the big. He was the last big Hextall signing. So that can be. There's really not anybody in the room that's going to be arguing to keep JVR here.
0: Uh, I, I always just feel so bad for JVR. He just wants to play here and just, <laughs> he just getting keeps- traded away
1: yeah it's true and he uh i mean i mean I, I think he's looked fine this season it's just the usual i can see why people don't like jvr's game my well, whole thing is
0: you don't notice jvr until he scores a goal
1: yeah and the whole re, like the people that are complaining about jvr right now are the same people that probably for years were like this team just needs to get a finisher i don't care what else they do they just need to score goals and guess what jvr is he's a finisher all he does is score goals except he's just not scoring all the goals and he'll probably still end up getting like 25 goals this year or 30 and then people will i mean i don't know it's uh it he's in a pretty weird spot i think in terms of where he could be he might be traded that over the summer honestly cuz they are going to have they're going to have to pay Lindblom and there's really not any major contracts coming off the books there's Braun but he still got to pay a couple RFAs too um, so i think that big name we're talking about being on the move, I think it might be happening. I don't want to say, like... It's not going to be happening now, but I think it has to happen, like, the next year or so, doesn't it? To, like, kind of get things going.
0: Oh, I would have to be, because we were already looking at having to pay the Piper. I mean, you already have those Proveroff and Connecty contracts that just oh, got that, signed that yeah, really that brought too. us right up to the brink. Yeah. And you're not finding that money from Michael Roffle.
1: No. Yeah, and honestly, that like Ralph, Ralph and lawton rafael and lawton might be two guys that end up going on the move as well because they're bottom six guys that have been here a while and they're I really, replaceable I don't...
0: they're bottom exactly. six guys are by their nature replaceable
1: yeah there's not i don't think there's too many things wrong with them but they're definitely going to holy shit they're definitely replaceable are you still watching the steelers game by the way
0: it's it's uh not very like, good yeah i mean it's great Cleveland. if you're a Cleveland Browns fan which is it's not often you can say anything's great if you're a Cleveland Browns fan Yeah, no. In absolutely. Cleveland.
1: But Mason Rudolph, well, it's also pretty good to be a Cleveland Browns fan right now cuz Mason Rudolph is just completing passes to the secondary for the Browns and he's just throwing this game away. but I uh,
0: legitimately don't know how the Steelers won 5 games.
1: Uh, they traded for Minka Fitzpatrick. You know, you remember when Howie Roseman was kind of concerned about giving a lot up a lot for a uh, Minka or uh, who's the other guy Jalen Ramsey yeah like not worth it and now Fett Patrick has scored in like two straight games Has like five interceptions turning the Steelers around single-handedly <laughs> I wouldn't have mine that in the secondary but you know it's whatever uh, the other contract was Farabay and not a big issue or anything it's just he's played over uh, nine games now so he has officially burnt his first year of his ELC Uh, He's got four points, two goals and two assists in 12 games so far with 26 shots on goal. Mainly played with JVR and Drew, uh, ironically. Uh, And so far, they've had a 44.44 shots four percentage, or shot attempts four percentage, 50 goals four percentage, both three goals scored four and three goals against, and then a 42.79 expected goals four percentage and 59-34 together at five on five. So 42.79, not great. Uh, but the other numbers eh, are OK. Uh, but, Joel I mean, I like Joel Farabee so far. It's not really too much to complain about, right?
0: Absolutely not. I think yeah. he's been a great addition to the top six and it's really helped them. Well, I guess he wasn't top six this past game, but mostly in the top six. And I think he's looked very solid. He's uh, looked like he's belonged at the NHL level. And I will yeah. sure as shit take him over a guy like Tyler Pitlick.
1: Yeah, and well, speaking of Pitlick and Farabee, I think last night, yeah, last night, A.V. benched Farabee, Torinsky, and Androff in the third period. He rolled with Raffle Drew Voracek, (laughs) Limbaugh, J.V.R. Hayes, Pitlick. Who's Androff? Well, Steve, Andy Androff is a nobody, but he was with Lehigh Valley earlier this year, uh, and he was called up on Friday with Mikhail Voracek going down in an attempt to try and help the fourth line, which we've talked about before, Pretty much been a black hole in terms of uh, helping the Flyers. <laughs> Whenever they're on the ice, even though it's limited minutes, the other team is usually generating shot attempts or shots on goal or goals, and they really aren't spending any of the other time down. And or the Flyers' fourth line hadn't been spending time down the offensive zone. Kind of changed this weekend. They, their numbers looked bad last night against the Caps, but you know the Caps are a pretty damn good team, and nobody was really generating besides the Katoria line. So uh, against the Leafs, though. They had a 76.92 shot attempts, 4 percentage, and 98.76 expected goals, 4 percentage, which pretty much means when they're on the ice, uh, the Leafs did not generate any shots that could have been considered a scoring chance. Well, they pretty much, they had a couple shifts there. Uh, there was a shift th- uh, three minutes into the, the third where I think they had four shots on goal in like a 15-second span. So if the fourth line can do things like that once or twice a game, That'll be great. And then they did pretty well against Boston. Uh, they had a 47% at 4 percentage or a shot attempts so four percentage. Not great, but then the 59.7 expected goals four percentage. I mean, that's if the fourth line does that every game, the Flyers are going to be the Flyers are going to be able to pull out shootout wins on the road against Boston in the second of a back-to-back because they're not going to give up. There's not going to be laps. There's not going to be a lapses in like aggressiveness. I guess like the fourth line was just getting hemmed in, and the other three lines were doing pretty good at. I guess staying within the system and kind of taking the play to the other team. So, right. uh, and I think Andrew helped with that. That's who Andy Andrew is. He, that was, really okay. last year. That was a long, <laughs> that was a long way around it. He's uh he's just from the Kings. Uh, he's a, I mean, he's a bottom six forward. He's not really anything special. Uh, I think he has, I couldn't even guess how many games he has in the NHL right now. That's Andy hedrioff. I to take oh wow! <laughs> so I—I'll tell you what though, I, I really don't. If the fourth line for the rest of the year is Andriyov, Raffle, and Pitlick, and they keep doing, if they keep playing like they did against the Leafs and the Bruins, I'm not really going to lose sleep over it. I think I'm fine with that. I—I I, I don't think the the franchise is going to call up the players. I think most fans would want them to call up. Like the one name I want them to call up, and I've seen some other people talk about, is NAK. And it sounds like they're just not going. To do that, it sounds like they AV is a little more, puts a little more emphasis on uh, having bigger guys in the bottom six. To which I would point out that he also sat Carson Twinski when it came down to playing a bigger team with physicality last night. But that's, I'll digress. But uh, I don't really know who else to put on the fourth line or like who else. I mean, this is not the sexiest names down there, but Ryan Hartman. Three, oh, man. Who uh, is having a good time in Minnesota right now. Oh is he? Everybody's having a blast in Minnesota right now. It's nothing but uh, good times in Minnesota. They're, fucking, they're a terrible team. And they're cold. And you can read you can read my writing. Well, you can't really read about it. I haven't read anything for them in a while, but <laughs> they're <a>, uh <laughs> they're a pretty shitty team, yeah. Uh that's the fourth line though. That's that. Wow. there you go. Uh I wanted to also talk about uh let's see what else is here. Well, I'll save the Kevin Hayes thing for later on, but uh, I guess uh, Sam Moran's out again, and we talked about it last week, or like the news, or I had an update before we came on. We talked,
0: we talked about it last week, but you, you do have to feel for the guy. He has yeah. been trying to play in the NHL for a while, and just he just keeps hitting bumps in the road, man. Like he just yeah. has, he's had the worst luck trying to get up to the NHL. So, it's I, I hope he bounces back. I, I don't. I don't know if he's gonna make it with the flyers frankly but i, I hope well, he gets his shot and i, I hope he does get a, a good legitimate shot to make it in the nhl
1: yeah uh and just for to give a full update on the injury um he tore his right he, he tore the acl on his right knee again last week it was the same knee he tore his acl in back in the 2018 AHL postseason which limit, limited 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 him to seven pro games last year, uh, five in the NHL, two in the AHL. And then he came back this year and was ready to play and played 12 and a half minutes in one game. And then he's got a torn ACL again. So I think, I mean, yeah, it really just does suck for him. And he's he will be a, he's got one year left on the deal, and then he's an RFA in 2021. Um, I don't know what to say about him. I mean, it really does suck for him. I, I mean, we're on record as saying we didn't think he was going to be Special or anything, but that still doesn't mean we want to see him have his career decimated before he even gets a chance to show himself. Like that's not really it's a shitty situation. It's really unlucky for him, and it's unfortunate. And I hope—I mean, at the very least now, I hope he is able to play games next year. So then maybe another franchise will take a chance on him. I just hope, like, to, I hope next year is not the end of his hockey career, because it'll just be objectively it'll just be a sad career arc to go from.
0: Yeah, it'd be a sad story.
1: Yeah, to not even really getting a chance just because of injuries. So. But. Yeah,
0: well, best of luck to Sam where i moving yeah. forward and, and yeah. in his recovery from this latest injury.
1: Yeah, that's all we got. Uh, what you, do you want to talk about Hayes real quick?
0: Let's talk about Hayes, yeah. And I... Hayes had a, a very nice start to the year, and we were impressed with him early <laughs> on, and- it started off going like, man, this guy is worth the money, and he's he's cooled down in recent yeah. games.
1: Yeah, he's definitely cooled down. I mean, he has. Uh, I don't know if it's all just him being with... Right now, he's just being used as a third line center, and then getting a lot of... Uh, just gets a lot of PK time. And I think him being on the third line is kind of the reason why we haven't seen too much of him lately. Not like the third line is not getting any minutes, but you know, when you're playing with Voracek and Drew, you might get more chances than if you're playing with Torinsky, and you know Raffle or Pitlick on a line. So, uh,
0: it's like on the one hand, for a third line center, yeah, it's it's an overpayment. But on the other hand, I mean, having Drew Couturier Hayes as your top three yeah. centers has i really enjoyed it.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, I kind of I'm a little worried. We might have to start getting used to it because um, again. No idea what's going on with the Nolan Patrick front. (laughs) Zero clue. No idea. Uh, Where in the world is Nolan Patrick at? But speaking of, actually speaking of Hayes, uh, in the Canadiens game, he also shot a lot. He had six shots on goal. So, you know, it feels like he's not doing much out there, but then he is producing that type of game. Uh, He hasn't, yeah, he hasn't scored in a minute, but he's, uh, I think he's still doing enough of the little things to make it a fair contract, not. You know, you don't want to be paying seven million to a guy who's not going to put up points. But I don't know. I I, I want to see more. Uh, I want to see more bodies come back from injuries for Kevin Hayes. Yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. Now, but according to your notes here, uh, Kevin Hayes is working with the most famous Vladimir <laughs> Vladimir Guerrero, noted yeah. long arm baseball player.
1: Yeah. So Vladimir Guerrero is like, man, that that season with the Orioles that was great. I'm going to keep going. I'm going to start working out with other pro athletes. So apparently. Uh, the guy that is famous for working with uh, Tom Brady, TB12 or whatever, uh, TB12 Sports, uh, is now going to work with Kevin Hayes and has been working with Kevin Hayes, uh, according to Adam Kimmelman, uh, in his article on NHL.com. Uh, quote, Hayes worked during the offseason with his longtime trainer, Brian McDonough, of Edge Performance Systems in Foxborough, Massachusetts, and made the five-mile drive to TB12 Sports, where he worked with co-owner Alex Guerrero his staffs two to three times a week, Alex Guerrero. I forgot his first name at first. Um, and then I uh, went on to say McDonough, who has worked with Hayes for 14 years, said it was his idea for Hayes to engage with CB12 Sports because he was con- confident they could formulate a program that would help. Now, this doesn't mean anything to me. I mean, it's just a guy doing his regular all-season work, like, workout regimen. And I'm If sure... anything,
0: it, this means a lot to me. This means Kevin Hayes is going to play until he is 50 years old.
1: I hope so. Yeah, that would be that would be great if he can play. It his contract experience. expires. <laughs> I, hope, I hope everything with the Tom Brady saga just carries, or like the saga from like two years ago or whatever, it just carries over to here. Like Bill Belichick comes here and Tom Brady comes here. And then Kevin Hayes, Tom Brady, and Bill Belichick are all like, oh, we hate each other now. We can't keep winning championships. That's are
0: you telling me? that Kevin Hayes is going to deflate pucks now. <laughs>
1: I was going to say there were some benefits to Hayes working with Guerrero. So if you want to hear two very bad jokes, I've got them. You ready? I am
0: I am here for bad jokes because after all, this is fly Is
1: This is flyperbole. So uh, a big uh, point of emphasis in the article was Kevin Hayes had a lot less uh, aches and pains, you know, after games and everything now because of this. And I said – uh, a benefit is he won't have any aches or pains when he's out there dropping a uh, pass in the Super Bowl, theoretically, if he wants to go that route. And then also I said Hey-o. that him working with Guerrero, uh, Guerrero gave A.V. Bill Belichick's phone number. So now A.V. can call Bill to get more tips on how to make Kevin Hayes the, the product of his system instead of Tom, you know. So those were my two. <laughs> Got <it's> him! <laughs> I'm doing the worm right now. You can't see that, but I'm doing the worm.
0: I'm doing... Uh, Doing that thing with your shoulders, where you do like the like you flow the one arm into the other oh, one.
1: Oh, the shoulder flow! I gotcha. Yeah, shoulder
0: flow. You know, only on flat Vladberly.
1: The wavy arms, doing this the is, uh, the singular doing, wave.
0: Yeah, doing the wavy arms. Yeah, this is <laughs> great for an audio
1: medium. <laughs> Let's do more dance. Let's just write off some dance moves. Actually, you know what? I I wanted to drop this question in here, and this feels like a good time to ask it because my friend texted me this right before I got on.
0: Oh, that's so. Okay. You don't...
1: I know I don't have friends, but my fake friend texted me this, and it was, "How much money would it take for you to shave off your eyebrows and then go in the public?" Ooh. I said fifty bucks.
0: I feel like you would look better with shave eyebrows. I than... would.
1: I have the Adam Corolla going on. Uh, my eyebrows are working against me, so I am on board with getting rid of them. So I, I am definitely think... taking a low bar on it. <laughs>
0: I think I would need... I think I'd need $500 to it. 500
1: I mean, that seems like a normal amount.
0: I... I, but I think I would look really, really terrible without eyebrows. Like, I, I think it just... There's no, like, humanity left in me if you <laughs> take away my eyebrows. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and I think part of that is just, like, I have, I have pretty thick hair. Yeah. So... I think with I think my eyebrows way. missing would be extremely noticeable. And yes, there is a brawl going yeah. on in the Steelers Browns game, and I am here it's for a it.
1: real brawl. Not like just dudes getting together. Like I think Mouth Aaron had somebody's helmet.
0: This isn't Holy baseball shit. when they hold each other's jerseys and go, Oh, we're gonna fight now, we're gonna fight. Oh, I'm grabbing your jersey. This is like they're tackling each other and
1: Dude, uh, this is Yeah, this is yeah. bad. Uh yeah, no, but you made a lot of good points cuz I think that's the reason why I'm not against it either because my like my eyebrow like my eyebrows are blonde and like they just kind of blend into my forehead but they're just ginormous. <laughs> so I'm like if you want to take them like again I'm pretty sure my eyebrows could take on anybody's eyebrows beside the Mississippi.
0: Please take really... my eyebrows.
1: <laughs> <laughs> take my eyebrows, please. Oh. Yeah. Oh. I should have said that when I was making the bad patriots jokes. Holy S, dude, what is happening? Oh, is my all, God. This is all part <laughs> of Chris. He took his cycle. helmet off. Oh he did. Just tore. <laughs> he hit it. No, did
0: you see the replay yet? He oh, hit... he, oh, he slammed him with the helmet and then. Yeah. And then okay, so. Okay, let's recap. This you, we got to go all the way back play, here. Holy is, shit. Okay, so. So who is that? Barnett? Benny? No, it's
1: Miles Garrett. Oh, Garrett. And then Garrett. Okay. Rudolph, yeah.
0: So Garrett, Miles Garrett tears Mason Rudolph's helmet off and then Mason Rudolph comes after Miles Garrett and then Miles Garrett smacks him in the head with his own helmet and then Garrett complains to the ref and then one of the Browns comes up and just slams oh my God, Mason it's Rudolph from behind
1: I can't believe this is after while we're doing this this is it's fucking nuts
0: my, my uh, favorite part is when Rudolph complains to the ref about it like he puts his arms up and goes what the Fuck!
1: Yeah, and then
0: one of the brows comes up and just shoves him as hard as he
1: can. Yeah, it's called keeping your head on the football. You can't really do a lot of, uh, can't really do a lot of arm raising. What was that while you're out there? He's gonna get. I just can't believe he fucking conked him right on the head with it. Oh By my way, god!
0: I have another question for you since we're watching this and the the coaches are talking to each other. How schlubby is Freddie Kitchens for an NFL head coach? Like
1: Bill oh, Belichick yeah. is out there.
0: Tearing the sleeves off his hoodie and Freddie Kitchens still looks schlubbier.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. He definitely looks like a guy that should just be, he looks like a high school coach of like a really like
0: kitchens looks like he won a fan contest to coach the team for a day,
1: (laughs) a fan contest in Ohio. And he ended up getting,
0: (laughs) Oh, it's very appropriate for the Cleveland Browns.
1: (laughs) Oh man, this is nuts. Um, Anyway, yeah, so that's where I'm at. I would definitely take off my eyebrows for, or uh, cut off my eyebrows for no reason. <laughs> and then um, this is going <laughs> to hockey podcast. I go
0: hyperbole. Everything goes off the rails. But this time I'm directly blaming Thursday Night Football.
1: Oh, no, I I think this is – I think if we weren't talking about this, we are actually like nothing was happening on TV right now. It would be – it be worse.
0: <laughs> So, wait, when Mason Rudolph goes down and he looks up at uh, Ogonjobe, does he go, bitch? Is that <laughs> be... No, I probably. Like, bitch!
1: <laughs> Holy shit. Dude, what a game. It ended up being a game. All right, so. so... I,
0: round of applause for the Steelers and the Browns for making. The second hour of play probably an extra chaotic one.
1: There is eight seconds left, by the way. So, well, I, I I'll say this while we're going through this, I put down a lot of notes for the other uh, games. I'll rattle them off real quick. You want me to do that? See if anything else plays out. Sure. Uh, Flyers were 0 for six on the power play against the, the Canadians, but they also did not allow a power play. They didn't give a power play to the Canadians. So it was the according to the Hockey Reference, it was the seventh time in franchise history the Flyers did not take a penalty for an entire game. Ironically, it happened twice last year, with one of them being the 6-0 loss to Toronto, which was Hextall's last game as GM. And then they also did it again in a 3-2 shootout loss to the Kings on February 17th. Before last year, the first time they had gone a game without taking a penalty, it was a 42 win against the Rangers on February 20th, 2011. Also, they shot the Canadians 43-24, fourth 40-shot game of the year, and third time they've shot 43 shots on goal or more which is i mean if we're looking for differences in the team i think the ability to consistently generate offense for an entire game is there now uh what else am i looking at here uh i mean that might oh uh according to adam Killman, uh phil myers with his goal against the bruins became the first flyers d-man with three goals in three straight games since mark howe did it from march 3rd to 7th in 1987 also became the seventh uh, flyer defenseman overall to accomplish the feat. The others were Mark Howell, like I just said, who did it twice. Bob, Taley, Bob Daly did it twice. Brad McCrimmon. Brad McCrimmon you just ben call him Beast. Yeah, I'll just call him Beast, yeah. Uh, BMC, Ben Wilson, Jimmy Watson, and Dick Cherry. Uh, is, apparently was a guy that played for the Flyers back in the 60s. So oh, good
0: that, old Dick Cherry. Wait,
1: old Dick not, Cherry
0: to really. be, not to be confused with. Recently oh,
1: fired
0: TSN host, Don Cherry, RIPD Don Cherry. May he never get a media job again. My God, talk about somebody who deserved to be fired years ago, who finally, finally got what was coming. Oh, my God. Don Cherry talking about good, true Canadians, how immigrants aren't Canadians, finally got shit can for being xenophobic. So... Nice move! Finally, at long last, I cannot say good riddance enough to this guy.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't know what to say. I just, um, I don't think he deserved to have a job for a while. I don't know. He was always saying shit like that, <laughs> like always, and just kept getting away with it. And honestly, even after what he said on Saturday, it still felt like we were going to go through the bullshit routine of just everybody being like, "Oh, sorry for what Ron said or Don said," and then nobody would make him apologize that's for just it
0: don being don he's uh 265 yeah. years old and after, <laughs> that's the kind of opinions that 265 year old flashy dressers have
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah and uh, it's, uh i don't know what to say like it uh, he just i think jeff allett put a, uh, a pretty good quote out there that it's it, he had freedom of speech but not freedom of audience when you're on a situation on a stage like that so i don't know it kind of feels like a situation where he well he shouldn't be saying shit like that i i think he got he's what he been
0: there. he's been so out of touch for years yeah. completely out of touch he wants hockey like it was played in 1975 by the way not that good of a coach why are we even listening to him yeah he just wears ridiculous suits and yells great who cares <laughs> He has just had these outdated, horrific opinions for years. He has been calling Russians lazy before it was in yeah, style. They, he basically made it in style.
1: Yeah, that's the thing is he's been he's been passing that off, and we've been letting him just say that for years, and nobody's been like, "Hey, can you maybe curb that a little, or not just be so fucking blatantly racist with it?" And and then it gets to this point, and people are like upset that he finally got fired, or like we're shocked that he finally got fired. I don't know. It's just a it's just such a shitty situation. By the way, he was a—I'm pretty sure he sucked as a coach too. I don't know. All I remember them talking about him coaching was when he fucked up and the, the Canadians got a too many men on the ice call back in like 1979, and then the Bruins tied it and beat them in Game Seven overtime, I think. So, like, he just wasn't—I don't know. Yeah, why the fuck are we still? Why were we still listening to him? Is it just so we can get the crazy uncle appeal? Was that it? <laughs>
0: right. Well, and I—I I think it's also the fact that sometimes there is no such thing as bad press essentially where you've got people are listening because it is controversial so that works for people but it's basically it works for the media and it works for ratings but it's a shitty way to get ratings because people are tuning in just be like what's don gonna say next because it's always something horrible
1: yeah, no, it really. It really was. so,
0: and the main thing is he's not bringing I think Charlie was bringing the point that like you're not get like if you're going to replace him with somebody, bring in some actual analysis, right? Bring yeah. in somebody who can actually give some input on how the game is played and some of the x's and O's. And I think Charlie's main point was if you can follow a four three NFL defense and a three four, why can't you figure out what certain? Uh, like, neutral zone pairings are and stuff like that. Like, explain yeah. the game to people and and what I replied to Charlie was, I am amazed at even the smallest amount of analysis where I am just so wildly impressed that somebody yeah. said something even remotely worth saying. I'm like, whoa! Boosh actually talked about the goalie technique there? I am stunned!
1: <laughs> yeah, it... I feel like a lot of... Yeah, obviously a lot of the people, like, a lot of the analysis don't do that, and that's kind of what we just... One, some of the time and i really i, w- I wonder how they're gonna f- I, I don't know if they're gonna do anything right now i think they might just uh, i'm pretty sure like hockey Nine in canada the other period is they just ask freeman and chris johnston about like what's going on like what insider information do you have is anybody gonna complain if they get that for two periods like is that i don't understand why they haven't been doing that for years either like, why not that or somebody that can actually break down the game rather than just some old guy screaming about how people that aren't his color need to buy poppies? Like, why? Right. Oh my like,
0: God. And that was the, that was it. the whole thing that drove this was buying a poppy, which I had to Google for the record, because I didn't even know what the hell he was talking about when he's talking about buying a poppy. It's a flower uh, used for was it Remembrance Day?
1: Yeah, I they kind of it, it's I, I equate it to like, you know, how people wear like a little uh, like a American flag pin, or like they wear something like during I don't know, like Veterans Day or Fourth of July. It's just a little remembrance thing, and I think, I believe Canada does it for the whole month of November. I think, I'm not sure, not sure. But I, I've heard about. I don't
0: about, know how things. Are yeah, yeah I, I, no we, we, we have some know. Canadian there's listeners. There's no way. <laughs> there's no way to look this up.
1: Yeah, we're not looking up. Well, we're gonna there go. But,
0: database yeah. available at my fingertips at the moment to look this up. Look, we're not gonna look it up because we're lazy and we want to get off the show because it's very late already. But regardless, John Cherry was yelling about some shit that whatever you know, and he's basically saying, "Hey, guess what? These immigrants are ruining our culture." Is what he was essentially saying.
1: Yeah, more or less what he what was saying, and he's gotten away with it before, and also, it just I don't know. It is what it is. Like, he just. Nobody else has given that platform to say those types of things and has gotten away with it. Right. So, like, and I mean, it, again, it's very divisive material for a thing. We're talking about something somebody said during a five to 10 minute segment on a fucking hockey broadcast. We're not talking. The, he wasn't on CNN. He wasn't on Fox News. He wasn't on MSNBC. Well, he wasn't on Fox News that night. He wasn't on MSNBC. Like, he wasn't on a news channel. He wasn't on. He was talking to Ron McClain about like who the fucking Leafs and then this is coming up. So I think that needs to be looked at here too. But what I, whatever, but what, let's just, I don't know. Hold Don Jerry thing is see you even, Don. Yeah. <laughs> uh, do you want to do, well, I should probably do the, uh all right. So CIBC, series, CIBC series, wait, Allison's return. Uh, let's see what else, why the penguins suck. And then the game, you want to do that? You want to do well, that? me, York? bro. All right. So, CIBC series, the Canada uh, or Russia Canada series that's going on in junior hockey right now. I talked about last week with uh, Igor Zamula. I don't know if he played tonight up to the recording of this game. He played one game in the series. It was game five on Wednesday night. Uh, and he had one shot in goal and was minus one in Team Russia's 2 to 1 overtime loss. Uh, his minus was he was on the ice for Team WHL's. Game-time goal with 22 seconds left, but their goalie was pulled. So his minus was he was on the ice um, with the, on a 6-on-5 situation. So it wasn't really, like, fucked up or anything. Um, and, again, I'm not quite sure if he played tonight. Uh, Wade Allison, though, also returned to the lineup for Western Michigan University after he missed four games over three weeks due to an undisclosed injury, had a prim- primary assist with four shots on goal, and was a plus one in a win for on uh over ferris state on friday four to two and then the next day they traveled the ferris state to play them and beat them eight to two uh and allison had four shots of goal and was plus three uh what was the other oh i mean the penguins suck uh, they might actually legitimately have a reason for the, for us to say that this week because uh, oh, wow. Crosby is out for six weeks due to a core muscle uh due to core muscle surgery so i I'd like to see what the Deshaun play Jackson the
0: recently Hawks. had for the Eagles, Deshaun Jackson. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, but Sidney Deshaun Crosby
0: is getting the, the surgery right away, as opposed to Deshaun Jackson, <laughs> yeah. who, who waited half a season to let it heal, and then got the surgery, so he'll miss the rest of the regular show. Okay. I yeah. just yeah. wanted to clarify <laughs> that.
1: I want to get what's going on there. Yeah. Sidney
0: Crosby has something similar.
1: Yeah. And uh, and I this was... I was like Ghost and Drew had it a couple years ago, uh, and... Uh, apparently he suffered it. He has been dealing with a sports hernia since training camp. He still leads the Penguins to 17 points in 17 games because it's 2019. And why not Sidney Crosby? Uh, and with him out, and the fact the Penguins still have Latang out. Uh, their four lines, according to the Daily Faceoff, were Alex Galchenyuk, Jared McCann, and uh, Jake Gunsell on the top line. Dominic Simone, Evgeny Malkin, Brian Rust on the second line. Dominic Cahoon, Nick Bukestad, Sam Lafferty on the third line, and then Zach Aston Reese, Teddy Bluger, and Brandon Tanev on the fourth line.
0: Guy Malkin, Guy, 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 He's Guy. they
1: fucking win like half their games too. That's why it's annoying. That's why this, uh, you know, I tried, I tried to give us a glimmer of hope, Steve, that maybe this is going to be the year, but now I feel like the hockey guys are going to rub it in my face and they're going to take away Crosby and this team is like going to go on like a 10 game run now. <laughs> With Sam Lafferty stringing together like a seven point or a seven game point strick or something dumb. Uh, yeah, and then on defense, too, Brian Doomlin with John Marino, who they just signed in the summer. Marcus Patterson and Justin Schultz is your second pair. And then their third pair is Jack Johnson and Yuso Ricolo. Ricolo. So, like, what is. It's a fucking Ricolo. terrible lineup. <laughs> yeah, I had to get in there. I love it's a fucking that. terrible lineup, and they're just going to end up. I don't know. They're still t- also, uh, to make matters worse, the Penguins were. Uh, second in terms of uh, shot attempts 4 percentage, of for percentage, and also first in terms of uh, expected goals 4 percentage, coming into today. 10-6, 10, and, six, ten six and two record with a plus 13 goal differential, mainly thanks to their win over the Flyers, <laughs> as they won plus six. <sighs> yep, yeah, they're doing it with defense too. A lot of defense. Uh, I can That eight. I
0: can't. That I'm legitimately stunned by. I. defense and Latang's week to week right now
1: yeah Latang's week to week and and like coming in last year they were a a middle of the pack team in terms of driving play so to see them turn it around with some truly no names on the roster so far this year is kind of nuts but I think Mike Sullivan's pretty damn good coach and of course it's Sydney fucking Crosby and here we are so that's why they suck they're actually they might actually suck for the next month and a half but we'll we'll fucking see (laughs) it's the penguins uh and then the game steve you ready
0: you know i i've never been more ready for anything in my
1: life that feels like a lie but i will say this do you (laughs) 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 do they do do you know who they play on friday do you remember who they play on friday
0: Oh, they play the Ottawa Senators. Or as I I transitioned on uh, Flyers forecast, listen to Flyers forecast. Uh, they, <laughs> nice to the, the Flyers go from from the U.S. capital to the Canadian capital.
1: <laughs> that was what a great plug. All right, so if you had the guess based on the games we've done in the past here, do you know where I'm? doing you know where I'm going with this game? Is we're it playing Senator, the Sen- Senator. 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 Senator, baby. That's where we're
0: going.
1: There. <laughs> Senator. <laughs> So uh, I, I think center or senator sounds better, right? Or do you think senator or center? Yeah, anyway, you get the idea. So these are, I switched it up a little because they're going to Ottawa. Uh, these are either centers that played at least a game in the NHL this year or Canadian senators. So both fields you have a lot of knowledge in. I'm expecting six out of six here, the six answers.
0: Oh, four six.
1: Not evenly cut. You know, you don't know what you're going to be guessing. Let's get in there. You ready? You feeling it? Oh, it's. You are you, all right, Steve. Calm down. Steve, take a seat, please. <laughs> I'm
0: just so excited. I cannot hide it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> all right, Gerald Mayhew. Is he a center or a senator?
0: Gerald Mayhew.
1: Gerald Mayhew.
0: I am Gerald. going. Ugh, God, I'm going with a a senator.
1: He is a center. For the Minnesota Wild, who made his NHL debut this season. He's got two goals in six games. All right. Oh for one, not the best start. We'll move on from there. Not ideal. Pierre Delfond. Senator. Independent Senator for the province of Quebec. So you're you're getting back into it. Breaking one oh, 101. And that could only be
0: <laughs> that could only be a Canadian senator.
1: Yeah, well, uh, what about I guess this one? French? You know. I know, what about uh Dennis Patterson?
0: That uh, sounds like a a center
1: to me. It's a senator. He is a conservative Boo! from Nunavut, N-U-N-A-V-U-T, way up north. So, uh, one for two. Four coming at you, Steve. Uh, Cameron Hughes, center. Center taken in twenty fifth, the uh, sixth round of twenty fifteen by the Bruins. I Made mean, his NHL debut on November 4th. He's got one NHL game to his credit. So, all right, two for two. Breaking point coming up here. Dominic Toninato.
0: Toninato. Toblerone.
1: Toblerone. Dominic Toblerone.
0: Oh, and you're going to eat that Toblerone?
1: Uh, Dominic Sweet Snacks.
0: This one could go either way.
1: Okay. Think about it. Think
0: about it. I'm, I'm think go of all that.
1: the can, Canadian senators that you know, and then think of all the lightly used NHL senators. You know, you think just think of their names. That's I'm gonna go.
0: I'm gonna go center. Center.
1: He is a center. Uh, he's now with the Panthers. Drafted by the I know. I, I know
0: my Panthers. <laughs>
1: so yeah, I'll, I'll say this.
0: Go to Miami. Whatever the Spanish words. What
1: most of, what of our what most listeners don't know is outside of this podcast. Sometimes to talk about the Flyers, but it's mainly just you pushing for us to start our 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 second podcast about the Panthers. Call it the Catcast. Oh fuck! All right, we might actually need to make Catcast.
0: Oh my god, the Catcast.
1: Okay, now we might actually need to do it. (laughs) And Todd. So we'll do a so after Flyers forecast. Look for Catcast next weekend, Uh, and then (laughs) last but not least, Steve. Uh, this will give you, uh, I think you're, I think you got the lead right now. Tom McInnes.
0: Tom McInnes. Is that, is that a senator?
1: God, you know, you bitched and moaned and you screamed and you cried right before this game. And now you going away. You pocketed four to six there. And I'll well, tell you what.
0: My secret is I study Canadian politics like nobody's business. Like I am, Some I'm rich. reading,
1: I'm reading so, the Toronto
0: <laughs> Times every morning.
1: I, am I read the reading- Toronto Sun. All
0: right. I'm looking at the Quebec Inquisitor. I know this stuff. I read it in both French and English.
1: The Nova Scotia News Bulletin.
0: Yes, the Nova Scotia News Bulletin. <laughs> the Vancouver Vape Journal. That's written by vapers.
1: <laughs> just nothing but pictures of dudes outside of vape shots, just getting <laughs> real big clouds. That's all that is. That, there's no it's, words.
0: It's also, it's also news on new flavors coming out. It's like. Hey, guess what? This is-
1: <laughs> hey, they got peach ones now. That's all it is. It's just little blurbs like that. Hey, check this it out. Is- There's cherry flavors.
0: This is the new Canucks flavor. It tastes like riot.
1: <laughs> Canucks, though, by the way, kind of so far, they kind of feel a little bit like the Western conferences flyers where they didn't get a lot of love coming out of the off season, and they're doing pretty well. Uh, a lot better than people were expecting to play. I think. Just throwing it out there for the uh, little hockey talk for you guys on this hockey podcast. By the way, key
0: the difference uh, with the Canucks is their uh, early first round pick from uh, a couple years ago is actually playing. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, that's, an, that's
1: oh. A man that I don't want to. I don't want to go back and look at that draft right now. TBQH, him, uh, Mira, Mira Heiskanen, and uh, Cal McCarr, all right there. Right after uh, Nico and Nolan. But uh, anyway, we, we were talking a couple weeks ago about uh, or last week. We're not doing Philly Joel. I'm not doing Philly Joel. Uh, so We're a not doing of... Philly
0: Joel. We're not doing Piano Man. And I think, Craig, I think there is a, a recurring theme here. I think we're yeah. just not that big Billy Joel fans.
1: You know what? Uh, yeah, sure. But also, stop fucking giving Billy Joel nicknames out. How about that? How about a little more updated or a little cooler?
0: Billy or... Joel... Billy Joel has had 275 straight sellouts in Philadelphia, okay? You don't just magically get that. You don't just magically get a banner in the Wells Fargo Center roof, okay?
1: (laughs) I'm excited for when they try and push uh, Travis Konekne's nickname as Uptown Score or some bullshit like that.
0: Uptown Score!
1: Uh, or oh, any great. other classic Billy Joel song that I definitely am thinking of right now, but I can't, I can't name. So anyway, nicknames for Joel Farabee. Uh, and I'm going based off of uh, what I saw on the BSH post, uh, some stuff we got, well, or we one thing we got from a listener. Off, before,
0: before we do this one, I, I just have to say my preferred nickname is just uh, Farrah, not the bees. Oh God, not the bees, like Nick Cage and the Wicker Man. Okay, that is my preferred oh, I'm Joel Farabee <laughs> nickname. It's not catchy, but it's great. So just stick with me here. <laughs> oh God, not the bees, not the Farabees. Maybe not the Farabees is the way to go, but whatever. I mean, you know, yeah. It comes down to Nick Cage screaming and the world. Of-
1: <laughs> it's always the best, by the way, uh, a little inside baseball. Did you see that thing I sent you before with uh, what's his name? Nick Cage, that compilation.
0: Oh, it's a great compilation. That's it. Was that the Wicker Man compilation? Or was that the yeah. Nick Cage freakout out compilation?
1: Nick Cage Freak Out compilation.
0: Because they're both great.
1: Okay. Oh, damn. And All was, right. So was, I wasn't giving you anything now.
0: <laughs> I have seen a lot of Nick Cage YouTube content. All right. And yeah, well, it's
1: hell a hundred
0: right percent <laughs> bragging there. Cause you know, number one, Nick Cage fanatic here. Uh, if you're looking by the way, for a hilariously bad Nick Cage movie for your next uh, Friday night extravaganza next is I think on Amazon prime right now. It is fantastic. It is just bad wigs. Nick Cage (laughs) that are not age appropriate for him and should not be with this maniac in any way, shape or form. And he has psychic powers, but only like 10 minutes ahead.
1: What's the fucking point of that?
0: Well, you know, he can just escape
1: situations. Oh, okay. I was like that.
0: And minutes ahead. And he's like, oh, the FBI is going to be here in a few minutes, so I got to leave.
1: What, yeah, I, was gonna, I feel like ten minutes—that's like enough to like help you get to the front of the line of like a roller coaster or like.
0: I the, mean, there's a whole sequence of him like avoiding bullets and shit because he can see just a little bit into the future.
1: Oh, okay. It's it's a weird I, premise, I, was gonna, I was gonna say definitely. I was gonna say you're describing this movie, and I was gonna give it a shit, but like you just pointed out, it's a fucking terrible movie. Oh, it's, <laughs> it's just it's a, a bad movie. movie. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Whoever wrote it should be a hundred percent ashamed, but they should also be very <laughs> proud for making a ridiculously weird
1: movie. All right, yeah. I mean, I think I think they used some of those clips in there because he, uh, one of those fucking wigs he was wearing was hilarious. Like the, uh... anyway, uh, the uh, Joel Farabee nicknames. I'm gonna read off a couple that I liked. So you threw out, you threw out that one. Uh, we've gotten a lot of Farrah Beast, right? I've seen a few of those. Yeah, like I got long.
0: uh one of the listeners brought Farabee. So, I'll I'll,
1: yeah.
0: I'll pull that up for a shout out. I always like a like a shout out or two in episode.
1: I'll, I'll say uh so that one's fine. I'm fine with that one. Uh, Jesus Joel was on the a- BSH post from Todd WC. Goal Farabee was thrown out there by Savannah Bama on the post, which hell of a name by the way. And then also Christine Sweet, <laughs> uh, front of the show, threw it out there. Uh, oh no, she threw out Goal Flaraby. So it's either Gold Farabee or Gold Fleraby. Um, Again, either one of those are a lot better than Philly Joel. And then I wanted to rattle off a couple. Uh, my brother gave me a list of about uh, 10 uh, Joel Farabee nicknames. I picked out three that I thought the people might enjoy. Uh, so he's got joseph of Bees. I like that one. Joel Funky D or their, uh, or Delco Joe. Delco Joe? <laughs> yeah, I kind of like Delco Joe. Delco Joe. Joe. <laughs> yeah and then uh and then also because i was asking i said fairway needs a better nickname or he saw the the poster he was talking about it and then uh i said we should give phil myers a nickname too so it was, I, the one i liked that he threw out for phil myers was a big d phil you know playing defense big dick it, yeah. yeah so of course yeah of course uh, yeah shout answer.
0: out on this one is uh Danny Bress Who's the Farabeast? Beast? My wife came up with that after the goal in the shootout. Best nickname I heard so far. So oh, a little okay, yeah. up there. So I I do like uh, some Farrah Beast, but I I feel like I don't feel like anything's clicked for me. I mean I I do joke about the bees. Oh God, not the bees! But that's obviously it's just a great reference,
1: Yeah. I, th-
0: there's some, you know it's nothing's it's not like uh you know TK hit mm-hmm. me with the jerk store. Uh, it's not like Oski boy. It, something's gonna click yeah. for.
1: Figure out something.
0: we're gonna yeah. figure it's not like michael Raphael.
1: yeah i mean i don't have i don't have another godson that sounds like farabee which is probably a good thing because i don't or think joel. Yeah, or joel yeah yeah i mean yeah because the joel L thing is right there as well but joel
0: i i actually enjoy that one sometimes and
1: uh... I literally, the, the thing is, is all these are good except for the one that they're pushing like that's it F- philly joel i don't know i just don't like it well
0: as That's... we've said before the flyers just need to hire us to come up with all the nicknames and puns and you know I've already come up with the spectrum room for them and I'm still waiting my compensation it's it has not come but I'm expecting it I I'm checking my mail every day going where is the check where are the free tickets and they still haven't shown up I have not forgotten flyers I am like an elephant I do not forget things and I am also terrified of mice <laughs>
1: So I, you know, I mean, there we are. There it is. That's, they really should hire us, though.
0: It's, uh, okay, so Elton Joel is the, the number Oof. one. <laughs> number one nickname.
1: <laughs> uh, Yeah, I'll go with that. Yeah, I like.
0: Dueling pianos. I, dueling piano I'm sure.
1: <laughs> I do like Delco Joe, too. Delco Just cause, Joe oh, Joe. It's funny to give him a Philly nickname for a guy that's from Boston. I think that's a little
0: funny. It is actually pretty funny.
1: It is. Uh, well, I mean, is this a this point in time we do around the league and then we get out of here? Or do you want to um, talk we'll, for 20 minutes? You yeah, Tom, yeah. right? Yeah. Hey, right, let guys. me
0: tell you about all my issues at work. Let's I'm listening.
1: About, let's do this. Let's do
0: this. I mean, I do have uh, M did have a, a story the other day on the L where some like some guy spilled milk all over.
1: OK. <laughs> <laughs> A lot of questions already, but...
0: Uh, I, well, yeah, and I mean, I specifically, like, why do you have a, an open jug of milk on the L? Yeah, afterwards? I was going to say, yeah. The, the L is a strange and, and wondrous place where nothing good happens. <laughs> it often <laughs> smells like farts. Anybody, anybody who rides the Philadelphia L, the market Frankfurt line, you, you know it smells like farts. Like, pretty much... It either yeah. smells like urine or farts every day. There, there's no good smell on that, and I don't know why it's so consistently bad. But basically, the her story is she got on city hall. Guy in a red in plaid pajama pants gets on, also has a red hoodie and camo Crocs. Gets on the thirtieth.
1: Whoa, 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 whoa! Camo Crocs? Yeah.
0: Plaid PJ pants, camo Crocs, red hoodie. Okay. And then he's uh. not holding on to any of the poles or anything like that. He's just surfing, and then he's uh, rolling out his... uh,
1: He's...
0: (laughs) He's rolling a little blunt action. Rolling a little blunt action while not rolling
1: out the line. And then
0: while people are getting off the doors, uh, he's got a plastic bag right by the door. People are stepping around it, and then it gets kicked over, and it's an open plastic half gallon of milk which spills out on the
1: subway platform. What the hell <laughs> what is, that is, I, it sounds like a cartoon you just described. It 100% still, sounds
0: like a cartoon, but not, so, not, not one that I'd let kids watch.
1: No, no, absolutely not. Especially the whole Rowan a Blunt thing. I was going to say though, the, I'm still, everything you said from Camo Crocs on was absolute insanity, but I, I can't get past Camo Crocs. Can we? <laughs> it's funny because like, like a
0: gallon of milk spilled. On the subway platform, and
1: I—that's not even—that's old news to me. We're moving that's on. From
0: camo Crocs, which we've all seen that. Seen we've all, Crocs.
1: yeah, we've all read that bedtime story, though. I would say camo ago.
0: Crocs. If you had to do a shoe, like a hideous shoe ranking, camo Crocs would definitely be at near the top. I, of
1: the it, it's number one. one for me, unless Hummer came out with a pair of shoes for themselves. So it's got to be Crocs.
0: I think Hummer has come up with a pair of shoes. They're gigantic. Okay, no they also <laughs> use a lot of gas.
1: Okay, so that's first. <laughs> and then the camo. I think it's just crocs are up there at Crocs are out there as being one of the worst shoes. and then camo is just up there as one of the worst, like fashion statements, right? Like right. I'm gonna Cro-
0: crocs that, are but, crocs yeah. are hideous, but you know, comfortable shoe, but they're hideous. And right. everybody knows it. And they're for basically just wearing around the house. but camo crocs and camo, most things is not very good. Oh, and nice. then, you combine the ugliest shoe with one of the worst designs and it's, you got a stew going baby.
1: I just, you, I can't believe Emily didn't call it work just to go follow that guy to see what the rest of his life was like. Although I guess it probably wouldn't be because wherever he was going, is probably, uh, he probably lives the craziest life. He's doing that on the, on the L.
0: (laughs) It's only good times from there. That's where you get a documentary crew and you make an award-winning film.
1: I, yeah all right that yeah
0: <laughs> we got our chat in we got our chat yeah, we
1: talk. all right there we go we killed some time
0: <laughs> thanks em great story and now we can go around the league and call it
1: a do yeah a, you, yeah we need to get this wrapped up here because uh it's getting late but according to reports uh and steve actually one could if you say know. it better where You know, girl, if you uh, if you could look this up too while I'm doing around the league, uh, if anything came out on TJ Brody, who, according to reports, collapsed and convulsed on the ice today at practice before cops and paramedics arrived to uh, the flames practice. Uh, And according to the team late in the afternoon, Brody was alert and responsive and was being transported to a local area hospital for further evaluation. I think that was like at four today, so I just didn't know if there was any kind of update about him leaving or not uh andrew ladd placed on waivers i'm looking at
0: brody if you just want to stop on that real quick so uh brody uh update from four hours ago he was released from the hospital Hmm. uh see if there's any more info it looks like that's the main thing there
1: yeah yeah i mean that was the big yeah because it sounded like when he was going to the hospital he was at least cognizant of what was going on so um still scary as shit and crazy and i don't know how long.
0: oh absolutely anytime somebody collapses especially yeah.
1: you know i wonder ice, it's scary do you, do you remember when uh because neuvert collapsed i think it was neuvert collapsed uh, against the in Baylor. the game yeah so and i don't remember if he missed time or not uh, i'll have to look up that but yeah that was yeah it's always a man freddie meyer did it many years ago so i mean
0: that one was crazy. That one was extra terrifying because that just happened mid game, and you're like, yeah, "Holy was,
1: shit!" And he just dropped. Yeah, and that was yeah, that was pretty scary. And he ended up being, I believe, he ended up being fine from it. So hopefully, yeah, hopefully TJ Brody is just playing by the weekend in this. Yeah, season. I
0: think he was. I think he was just really sick that that day. And I mean, you know, fine is of course the no, yeah, term yeah. when you're talking about Michael Noivert because that dude
1: is Alex like, is injury. Yeah.
0: He's Mr. Glass. He's Mr. Glass. We all know. Yeah,
1: he likes bringing up his body, yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I don't think he likes it, but he just, he can't yeah. help it.
1: Uh, fuck it. Dude loves getting injured. That's like one of his hobbies. He getting injured. playing hockey. It's fine. Yeah. Those yeah, little like muscle a little here in there. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh,
1: <laughs> but
0: I, I think he ended up being fine. It was just uh, I think he was sick that day.
1: It's oh, my man, recollection.
0: Like it, but... I could be wrong, but that was my recollection.
1: Yeah, we'll take your word. We'll, we'll say that. Yeah, that's what uh, that's what happened. It's so. definitely true. Uh, where was I? Oh, Andrew Lapp placed on waivers. 33 uh, old left winger with three years left on a seven-year deal where he gets paid $5.5 million uh, each season. Signed on July 1st, 2016. He had 23 goals in 2016-17 as part of a 31-point campaign. And then since then, over the last two and now three seasons, he has 15 goals and a total of 44 points. So that contract looks pretty fucking bad. And uh, at least that's one good thing about the Islanders right now is they're going to have to figure out something with that. And if they don't, uh, it's definitely going to hamper their cap cap space for the next couple years.
0: Who so that- signed on that team using up cap space.
1: Uh, I think, well, I mean, that's kind of the thing with the Islanders is they don't have people taking up cap space. So I guess I actually don't even know how much cap space they have right now. I would assume.
0: Is there even a open. salary cap that applies to that team? Are they just like, we're happy to have you play for the <laughs> Islanders.
1: Yeah, they're the Gary is just like as long as he has got enough warm bodies, we'll, we'll okay, we'll give it the green light because we we know nobody's going out there. I I don't know. I think they're uh, actually. I mean, Steve, if you, uh, you want to keep doing work for me and uh, take a little look at Cap Friendly.
0: Sure, I'll keep being the producer here. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or is this intern work?
1: Yeah, no, I'll this is producer work. No, this is uh, uh, I'll keep going through. Uh, Blues signed Troy Brower and Jamie Begin the PTOs. I think either has played yet. Uh, the Coyotes have extended GM John Chayka long-term. 2018 third-rounder Alec Regula has signed his ELC with the Blackhawks. Ryan Little is out indefinitely after that shot he took to the back of his head last week. Uh, I think it just has to do with stitches on his ear. It's not anything concussion-related, but uh, I'm not 100% sure on that. Uh, Justin Abdelkader is out three weeks with an NBI, Steve, middle body injury. So, I mean, they're switching up on us now. Oh, wow. This. Yeah, Marcus. So is that for the
0: Sean Jackson, Sidney Crosby injury.
1: I'll be honest with you. I don't know why Crosby's injury would be disclosed and not, or would be shared and not just yeah, an. I, I, <laughs> I, was,
0: I was more kidding just because. <laughs> okay.
1: uh, the okay. N-
0: A, The NHL the N H L, so vague, but also B yeah. again. Why Deshaun? Couldn't you just get the
1: surgery at the beginning? Of it? <laughs> it really would, yeah. It's just the whole thing is just fucking hey, Deshaun. I'm now just
0: very want... annoyed that the Eagles have to go in to play the New England Patriots this weekend and have zero healthy wide receivers. They might as well just have twelve it's, running backs.
1: That's insane. Yeah, it
0: is insane. Uh, I have your New York Islanders update. So they have about four million six hundred and sixty-seven thousand dollars, seven hundred and sixteen dollars rather, uh, in cap space. Their biggest caps, uh, cap space eaters: uh, Anders Lee making seven okay. mil a season, Brock Nelson makes six, Jordan Eberle makes five point five, Josh Bailey makes five, uh, Johnny Boychuk makes six, Nick Letty makes five point five.
1: Yeah, so they still they have a couple big, and they've already paid for for late and too.
0: Varlamov makes five also, so
1: yeah. Uh, that makes sense. Yeah, so they, they're a little closer to the than I thought. I really didn't think they would have... I didn't think they'd be that close. So the Andrew Ladd contract will probably play a factor in some of the decisions they got to make going forward. Because they still have to pay a couple guys, not anybody... Or did I mean, did they give Barzal a contract already?
0: Well, right, let's I go back forget. and check.
1: Yeah, I forget, but they... We're uh...
0: going to find out is Steve looks stuff up. <laughs>
1: Completely well. I'm gonna keep uh, riling through here. No, no, I oh. got, I got
0: the, I got everything oh, nice. right. So Barzal, no, he's got one RFA year left, okay. so he's gonna have to get paid, and they're gonna, they're gonna have to figure some things out.
1: Yeah. So there we go. It's uh, so that, yeah. It's a, you hate to say it. You know. I, who has I the like... most
0: cast space in the league, Craig? That's my question to you.
1: Uh... Oh, Senators. Nope. nope. Oh fuck. I don't know. Get senators coyotes.
0: have the second most. The Columbus Blue Jackets have the most oh, okay. $7,406,014 Man. with their Ooh. biggest cap hit going to Cam Atkinson,
1: who I like, by the way, they're on that out there a couple of times. Guy had 40 goal season, 35 goal season. I feel like nobody's talking about him, but uh, so, yeah, there's the there's the Islanders. Let's see if Barry Trout can. Uh. I'm just excited to see how many people they trade away next year. And then uh, the the honors go out and get a couple guys from high school. And then Barry Trotz is like, all right, going to put you in the top six. And then they just keep winning games. So that'll be fun next year. Uh, Marcus Foligno week to week with a uh, terrible case of LBI. Uh, Mark Stahl is out at least two weeks following ankle surgery. Mitch Marner is out at least four weeks with a high ankle sprain. Alex Stan- Alexander Steen is out four weeks with a high ankle sprain as well. Gabriel Bork is out four weeks with a uh, curious case of the LBI. Vladimir Sabaka is out 46 weeks with a terrible case of the OBI. Sabaka. Um, <laughs> Sabaka. Uh And then you have Craig McTavish, friend of the show. One of my first favorite player, Steve. Fired that's his head. Because he
0: didn't wear a helmet.
1: Because he didn't wear a helmet, and his name was Craig. Two big factors to me as a first grader. So that's why I was taking that on. Uh, fired his head coach, head coach of KHL's Locomotive. Yaroslavl, after just eight games. Got the Barry Melrose, and then he was out of there. Uh, League announced the 2020 Global Series will feature the Bruins against the Avs and the Blue Jackets against the Preds next season. Uh, Nick Foligno, speaking of Blue Jackets, again, uh, Nick Foligno suspended three games for his hit to the head of Pierre-Edouard Belmar. Not a pretty hit, if you want to go back and look at it. Uh, Dallas Stars to retire Sergei, Subovs, Sergei Zubov's, switch the letters around there, 56. And then Robert Luongo <laughs> named special advisor to Dale Talon uh, with the Panthers. Babalu. That is uh that is around the league.
0: So. it's around the league. And by the way, you just talked about the the Avs, and I had a, a couple coworkers earlier reveal to me the Avs Stadium series jerseys. I I somehow missed this to this point.
1: Oh, I I I don't think I've seen them either actually. Oh, but baby, yeah, get a well, I'm glimpse of these puppies. You I'm gonna send
0: this to you. I'll, I'll text it to you. Okay. All
1: right. All right. This is good.
0: Well, in the meantime, while we look this up, <laughs> while we look this up, you, if you have any feedback for us, best place is on twitter.com.org.edu. You can follow Craig at sportsarebad. Craig, what are you working on for Broad Street Hockey right now?
1: Uh... I mean, I'm gonna have a line by a line on on Monday or Tuesday, and then hopefully, I'm hoping starting next week, I can actually get. I'm gonna start doing other stuff besides just uh the line by line, and hopefully, um. You know something else, not for the Flyers, but uh, if Ryan's listening, hopefully something for the Wild, because I know he's been busting his ass there, and I haven't been uh, writing too much for them. But uh, for the Fly, I was gonna—I mean, the usual podcast. I might do a Q&A next week uh, too, as well, because I think I might slow down on the tape watch stuff just because. That's why the line-by-line line was killing me before. It's just kind of hard to keep up with all the games in order and then kind of turn it around in quick order. So I'm still going to try and do them, but it might be a thing where I do it for just one game uh, and just kind of break down what happened for that one game. Like last night, I was going to try and go back and watch to see how the Flyers are going to get anything offensively going, but then it's kind, of, you know, it's kind of hard to turn that out by the next day. But for next week, line-by-line uh, line and our usual podcast stuff. Okay. There you go. There's a long answer for you, Steve.
0: (laughs) I appreciate that. I appreciate that. And I have texted the photo in the meantime.
1: All right, I got it. Let's see. Uh... Okay. Well, not a fan. (laughs) Not great. (laughs) Not good at all. Uh, You know, it's funny. I saw people, because we talked about the Stars and Predators ones last week, and those looked good, but I saw people complaining about them. I didn't see. When did these come out?
0: I don't even know. Somebody brought it up to me earlier and I was like, what is this?
1: Yeah, I mean, that's a, I just, it's just the white makes it really, really bad.
0: So it looks like these got leaked. It looks like these got leaked like two days ago.
1: Okay. Yeah, like the the McKinnon thing on the back, the white going over the numbers is not, I don't like that.
0: I can see people not liking the, the Preds winter classic jerseys, but they don't, people don't like the stars.
1: I, I mean, I saw so many bitching about it, but I mean, uh, I was I on Twitter. I think the
0: Stars and, one, I, as I said on a prior flight, but I, I think the Stars ones are great. I, I really love that.
1: Yeah, I love the, the Stars
0: one. The design's nice and clean. I think the, the colors are great. I, I think they're fantastic. Um, but whatever, there's there's always different opinions on jerseys. Like, some people oh, yeah. friggin' love the Flyers' current black jerseys, and I think they're they're weird.
1: Oh, what the... I like the current Black dress. Oh, yeah, we've talked about that. Uh,
0: yeah, and I, I'm just not a fan. I'm just not a fan.
1: That's, I mean...
0: You need some visibility I, on those numbers. Come on, guys.
1: Yeah, that is true. Oh, my God. I felt bad for... Uh, I think Maddie put out a tweet. Uh, she went back and was tracking the Phantoms games. And, like... So, tracking games takes a lot of time. If you go back and, like, track events, like, zone entries and shit like that. Because you're just rewatching a game, it takes, like, much time. And she had to use an AHL feed, which of course is shittier. And then also it was the Phantom's black jerseys where they use black numbers. And I think they use black letters. So like for each event, you have to like go back and see who took a shot or whatever. And she would have to like pause and see who took a shot on like an AHL feed for names that nobody could fucking say. So I can't imagine what that would be like. It's the fuck. It really is kind of hard to read their names on TV. Oh, yeah.
0: Yeah, it's terrible. And it, it was horrible. I've been, to all, I think, one or two games where the Flyers have worn those black jerseys, and I can barely read those, and I can't even imagine what it was like with the Phantoms jerseys on the AHL feed.
1: AHL feed, so that must have really fucking sucked. I'm i still saying I still like the uh, the 2012 Winter Classic ones. Let's make those oh, other. those are
0: great. Bring those back. I, I would buy five. It.
1: Yeah, I, I don't understand why the like the, the NBA, I feel like every once in a while, we we'll just have like a team where random jerseys throughout the year that aren't like their home or away ones, but they aren't dubbed their third one. I feel like the NHL should do that more. Like the flyers should have four or five games this year with that orange Jersey, a couple with the black ones. And then the other two as well. Well, you so know they, what else they I don't two games like just switch it up. I don't
0: know. I want to wrap up, but th- I just have one more point I want to <laughs> make on the jerseys. Like, I don't understand why all the jerseys, aren't available to buy at the stadium. Like I should be able to go in and buy whatever era of flyers Jersey I want to buy. And it doesn't make any sense to me that I can't just buy it. It it is so stupid on the league's part. And dude, there is no friggin' merchandise available through fanatics. Like it's, if it's available, it sucks. It's poor quality. And there's just not that much like, and there's no throwback stuff at all. It's ridiculous.
1: That's annoying. I mean, I never looked at jerseys that, that I don't never looked about me either, but I didn't I did notice that like when you go to the flyer shop, it feels like they just or wherever they just don't have every option available because there are jerseys. I have this shitty jersey I have the St. Patrick's jersey somebody got for me like years ago, the green one. Yeah. Yeah. So and I, I feel like maybe that one shouldn't be everywhere now, but I feel like you probably would struggle to find that now anywhere. Right,
0: right. It's like I should be able to buy any era of Flyers jersey that they've worn on the ice at the stadium at the very least. I think that's fair, yeah. It's it's just weird, man. I feel like they just are missing out on so many opportunities. And the fact, again, I think it is so stupid that they no longer have an agreement with Mitchell and Ness to produce throwback stuff. The lack of throwback stuff now is just, uh, it sucks.
1: Yeah, I agree. I'm with you. Well,
0: anyway, we got to wrap up. Uh, I'm <laughs> tired. I got to go. I was going to say,
1: Craig, man, dude. yeah.
0: Craig's sports are bad. I can be followed at Fly purplely or Esteban, but make it fly purplely for all your hockey needs. Follow BSH radio, follow Broad Street hockey. Be sure to check us out on our Flyers preview show, our weekly preview show, the Flyers forecast. Uh, we are producing that every Monday or Tuesday and uh, having a good time doing it. Nice short cast. Yeah. It's uh, usually 30 to 40 minutes. Uh, it, it could pretty much be anywhere from like 20 to 40 minutes, but we're just running yeah. through the games for the week, uh, picking out guys to watch, talking about some of the big storylines, and just trying to do something a little more brief for y'all to get your uh, get another dose of Craig and Steve for you guys.
1: Yeah, yeah, which are about, but it is only 20 to 40 minutes, and we actively try and you know make sure it is a little abbreviated.
0: We're a little more focused. On
1: Whereas that. this, just we the, are just a
0: little <laughs> bit more. This, this we do. We go wherever the path takes us. And that's how it is. That's just the way it is.
1: Which tonight will probably bring Steve to about four hours of sleep. But it's, to me. It's not
0: going to be good tomorrow. I'm sorry. It's not <laughs> your fault. It's my fault for letting this farce continue. But I love you guys. And I know that you love the farce. So I'm going to wrap this up. Thanks so much for listening. And until next time, good night and good hockey.
1: Hello, everybody. This is Fly Herbaly. It is a podcast about hockey, mostly the Flyers, but also other, other hockey things. things. Like other hockey teams that play the sport of hockey. Steve, but not Steve Hartnell. And Craig, but not Craig Ruby. No, this isn't all those hockey guys. These are the guys who watch the hockey sport. Yeah! Fly up overly, flip, flip, fly up overly. Fly up wee flip, flip, fly up overly. wee <laughs>